The kids on Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? Halloween's a Freddy Krueger podcast. Was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. From the Consequence Podcast Network, the minds behind the Losers Club comes a new podcast in fantasy terror. Nancy? Something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too. And I'll be right there behind you. Listeners, and welcome yet again to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast from the Consequence Podcast Network. My name is Stephen King. Just kidding. <laughs> Full Jew. Oh my God. I really thought it was him. Yeah, we thought he was hosting the pod now. Um, my name is Rock and Randall Colburn. You might know me from previous Losers Club podcasts. Who is sitting to my right? This is uh, Mackenzie the Marauder Gerber. <laughs> you always go to that Why one. Why are you a marauder? Um, I don't know. I always think of like a G.I. Joe character, but I don't think they were called the Marauders. They were called like the the Dreadnoughts or something like that. You haven't earned this distinction. Mm, I don't know. I think there was an episode back in the day, and I think <laughs> our fans remember that episode where I was first dubbed the Marauder by myself. Awful. That's a, that's a pretty good one. Who's sitting across from me? <laughs> well, this is Michael, eight additional minutes, Rothman, <laughs> <laughs> editor-in-chief of uh, Consequences Sound, and also a constant contributor to Halloweenies. Yeah, uh, maybe you've heard of that uh, podcast. Uh, Mac is part of also, and we just talked about Freddy's Dead. That He's movie, buried. That movie Six sucks. feet under. Uh, like uh, Michael C. Hall. Like Breck and Meyer. Breck and Meyer, yeah. N- NES. D- now, here's the thing. When I was making jokes about that for the write-up and being trying to be snarky, I was saying NES. Because I don't think 1991 Super Nintendo wasn't around then, right? Or did that uh, come out? Uh, it might have been. That might have yeah. been the year. I think. I think the cons. The idea of it was was out there. <laughs> the idea. They, they were thinking about that, making yeah. that. <laughs> well, is Brecken Meyer's character in the movie not to cross over too hard into Halloweenies? But like, would you say like he's in a SNES game or an NES game? I think he's in an arcade game. Oh, okay. it was think, released in 1991 more... in North America. It was released oh. in 1990 in Japan and uh, South Korea. Wow. Little, okay. Little so. Nick Arcade action, you so, know what I mean? So Nick Arcade is a good, good, good comparison. I like that because that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. You know? So boing, boing, I love Brackenmeyer, and uh, I was a huge fan of Franklin and Bash. He was he was Bash, wasn't he? I don't remember which one. I think one of them. It was him and Gosler. Gosler. Love that Gosler. the sequel to the uh, the children's show Franklin the Turtle? <laughs> yeah, the, it's the. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes, Definitely. Mac. Just say yes. Why are you guys running, hey, running with it? Hey, say yes and move on. In, in related news, though, uh, Mark Paul Gloss here, uh, probably the, the the best cast member out of Saved by the Bell at this point? Uh, 100%. Um, especially after the controversial comments made by Mario Lopez yes. earlier today. We're recording this on uh, July 31st. We're not going to get into it, Mac, despite the look you're giving yeah. me. Because guess what? We keep things nice and uh, friendly on this podcast. Very. But let me just say that when we're talking about Saved by the Bell, 
well. Mark Paul Gossler, Gossler. definitely a great actor, a good person. If we're being honest, I'm a huge fan. I would watch anything that he's in except for the passage, which Stephen which King loves. Stephen King loved, which was the adaptation of Justin Cronin's uh, 2012 novel. I believe it was 2012. Uh, it's actually, it's not a bad book. Uh, the sequels diminished in quality a little bit, but man, like that was supposed to be an, a prestige H- HBO series. And then it went on to become uh, a Fox series with Zach Morris in the lead. And here's the thing. I love Zach Morris, but I got to say that dude, he's not a list. He's not a list. He could be a list there. I think there's a point in like maybe the early aughts when he, you know, made a, a choice. Oh, like he, NYPD blue. Yeah, I think he's so. Perfect to be showing up like in the stand. Why isn't he in? The oh dude, I, I would love him in the stand. Who do you play? Uh, Ralph Brenner. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I, I, I think every celebrity think you, were going to. I think they were trying to. I think they were trying to, to switch it up and and uh, and switch switch the sexes up. And I think he was supposed to be Nadine. <laughs> That'd be great. Honestly, I don't know who Mark Paul Gosler would play because the thing is, he's he's like. He's not even a stew because no. I don't I, I don't see him playing like a good old boy. Uh, the only the roles that Zach, that Mark Paul Gosler should be playing at this point in his life are like honestly I don't know why he doesn't do it is like like um like adult rich kids like he could be mm-hmm. on Succession oh easily like Succession one of my favorite shows of the last few years second season starting soon we can't wait it's Mike really good. Our, yeah we're we're excited but like. I could see him mm-hmm. in succession. Although I think that cast is perfect, but just write a role for him. Yeah. Just have him come on in and be do like, do you think he could do it? Could he keep up with them? Cause they're all so good. They are really good. Although based on how, based on his performances in Franklin and bash, <laughs> I'm willing to, I'm willing to give him a try. I'm a huge Mark Paul Gossler yeah. fan. Uh, anyways, I don't know how we start talking about that. I think we have some Stephen King news to talk about. Um, not just a, not enough, not to enough. go all the way to Hollywood King. Yes. We already did some, it was telegraphed. Yeah. Yes. We did some Stephen King news last week, but we're going to talk a little bit about a few things that have surfaced since then. And we'll start with, uh, the lead. We're in the lead up to it. Chapter two, which comes mm-hmm. out. Well, I'm sorry. What okay, day? Wait, 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 what day wait, is it? It's, September. It's, I think it's September. Is it, is it on Labor Day? Well, the way I've been remembering it is like one of my favorite green day songs is wake me up when September ends. Okay. But I know if, if I really did do that, I would probably miss it because I think it comes out September 6th. Oh, it's, so it's not the end of September. No, it's you the said beginning when September of September. Ends. Yeah. But isn't Halloween like, like October's Halloween. That's a spooky month. They would it release is, it then. It's right. But spooky. I think of the really sad song by Ryan Adams called September. Oh wow. Controversial. It takes place in the beginning of September. Yeah. And is also horrible. <laughs> yeah, but if that song takes place in the beginning of September, uh, I think he was in jail. Oh, wait, no, he's going to be he's, in jail. He could be going to jail. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I think It Chapter 2 comes out on September 5th, right? No, so I think it might. Well, actually, Seven? I think you are right because now nowadays they put this the release date on the posters, but really it comes out the day before. Yeah, it's true. They do screenings so really in the evening come before. Out September so September 5th. 5th. But, uh, you know, if you go see it on September 5th, uh, you better uh, make sure that, you know, you went to the potty because... <laughs> Because to the potty. Because uh, September fifth. Oh, is it really September fifth? Okay, cool. Or the sixth, which means it comes out on the fifth, right? Well, make sure you get those uh, those bladders uh, drained because it, this is a long movie. This is Endgame level. This or, is Endgame level. Or yeah, you heard it here first. Bring a balloon. Yeah, fill up these balloons. Just piss in the balloon. You, know. you could, and then at the end of the movie, you know, if it's no good, just throw it at the screen. Oh, that's I it. agree. Uh, so, but wait, how long was Endgame? Was it over three hours? I believe Endgame was 20 minutes longer than what it chapter two. Okay. I think it's interesting because I was just writing about, believe it or not, the Green Mile, the film. Oh, wow. Um, and I looked it up. That movie was 
was three plus. Yeah. And that was in theaters and it's like wild. And I remember like in the late nineties, there was sort of there, like I think a Magnolia and like even a lot of action movies, like face off was like two and a half hours, you know, in that, in like the late nineties, man, like everything was long. It got really long. Yeah. I mean, I think the green mile works. Oh, I love the green mile. (laughs) I think yeah. this movie. Uh, now you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Endgame, which I think is funny because pe- people have been have been mentioning this and and when they're talking about it, oh, they've been talking about Marvel, and I'm like, Endgame <laughs> is the culmination of like 30 movies or something. Like this has had a film, <laughs> and it was like, and 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 personally, like I think it's like okay. So I'm glad that it's going to be as long as it is because. You know, I think the bit, a little bit of information that you guys might have talked about already was Stephen King said something about how he thought the ending was epic. And the only thing that, that I could think of, and hopefully that points to, is the is uh, Matterin, is the turtle. Oh, yeah. I think is that definitely... there's some kind of, they somehow are able to work that in. I feel like, why else, would, why else would he say that? Unless he was just trying to say it so that people would go see this so he can make money. Oh, he's never done that before. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Whatever Stephen King says about a Stephen King movie that is coming out, we must ignore. This is what we have learned. I will say, no, though, it has been him. confirmed that the ritual of Chud is in... Mm-hmm. Is in the movie. Yeah, I mean, Anthony well, Bresnikan was ritual. here last week, and uh, he teased those details. Wasn't well, the ritual of Chud the, the, when they sleep with Bev? No, that was just them being little horny little fuckers. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> the, is that that's not in the movie, right? Uh, they're well, add it in. The Muschietti say we put it in the movie. <laughs> we put that, it that's, in. That's why it's two hours and forty five minutes because it actually happens at the that, two that, hour mo- part, and then the last forty five minutes is just Andy <laughs> walking on set and saying, "Hi, let me talk to you about this scene <laughs> and why we chose to put it in the film." <laughs> I think uh, yeah. I think the ending of the movie is literally just going to be, um, you know, the the town exploding. Big explosions. Do you, you think know? so? No, yeah. No, no, I don't think Wait, so. Wait, you don't think they'll do that? I think they will do some sort of rendition of that, but I, I can't see this movie having the budget enough to like flood the what streets What are you talking about? The first one made so much money. I think they gave them like carte blanche, do but, whatever you want. Uh, but yeah. I feel like we would have actually seen maybe set photos of like the flood and all this but other think stuff. But about, think about like all the post-CG flooding. I was probably, right about to They're not going to actually flood these streets. We're talking about Andy Muschietti here. This is a dude who will CGI anything. Mm. They're, using, they're using CG. I, I, for one, am really excited about the length of it because, you know what, there were scenes that they focus on in the trailer that I felt like were... The scenes they focus on the most in that second trailer was like like the scene where where Bill runs into the the, the fun house. Yeah. Which obviously, you know, he doesn't have an experience with, no. with it in that sequence, so it's I was fine with them giving him one because I'm like, okay, that's fine. But... I just hope that there's a lot of the books that, that we haven't seen that they actually are going to. Yeah, the majority. It felt like the majority of the scenes, aside from uh, Adrian Mellon and, and uh, uh, Paul Bunyan, were like not in the book. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> well, I'm just I saying think, from the trailer. I, do, I think. I think the scene. I think the scene where, and now we're getting a little off track, but I think the scene where it kind of jumps out of, of like the sideways of that that that. Yeah, you know what I'm talking air about yeah. the air vent or whatever. I think that that is. A reference um, to Die Hard? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. He's like wearing like a well, wife I think, beater. I think that Bruce Willis shows up in that post-credit sequence that Bruce Willis shows up as McLean and it's a tie-in to the new Die Hard prequel. Yeah. That would be great. No, but that scene where he jumps out, I think that that is um, Mike. Uh, I think that's Hanlon's Having like sequence. Visions? Oh, no, I don't know if it's going to be the bird, but I think that that is his where he goes to the ironworks. That is my most hopeful scene is that whole um, the water work scene or them going to, you know, that 
what is it? The water basin? I don't know what the fuck is it called. The, 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 the water the tower. Bands. Yeah, no, the, uh, the, the, the big iron water works. tower. Yeah. The ironworks. Yeah. Well, no, no. Is it the iron? Yeah, I guess it would be the ironworks. But the, with the big bird and everything like that, I kind of hope that we see it. You know. But I, I hope we do too. I think that they're going to update it because I think birds aren't scary anymore. Well, Hitchcock just ruined it. Hey, uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised. There are a lot of people that are scared of birds still. He ruined it 50 years ago. He ruined uh, it, and we've never seen it. Well, name a name a great scary bird movie since the, bir- the uh, birdemic. Uh, Q, wing, winged serpent. Is <laughs> that is that real? That is not a bird. Thing. Gremlins too. Gremlins too. Yeah, he's a bird. It's a bird. Well, let's just say two hours, 45 minutes should give us plenty of time for the losers to get back to dairy. I just um, hope. Yeah. But I hope that it, I mean, I'm thinking about uh, Gary Dauberman in yeah. an interview going, how do I get the losers back together? Well, hey, guess what? I, that know, was, I got, you know, I, I'm usually the one that's really pessimistic here, but I'm being really optimistic right now. I am too. I want, I want this to be really good. I want Dauberman to like, I want to walk outside of the theater and have Doberman like slap me in the face. Well, the good news is good. the good news is somebody is <laughs> yeah. he didn't script this on his own. Somebody stepped in and helped him out. Who was the person who wrote Wonder Woman? Yes. Which I mean, and hey, I like Wonder Woman. Yeah, I liked Wonder Woman. I didn't love it, but it's yeah. like uh, as long as it's not just Gary. Yeah, that's the thing. Like. <laughs> Well, Gary, not, you could come not, in and do some stuff, just, but I hope somebody's just checking Gary. Well, and, the good thing yeah. with that though is that you know it's not just Gary; it's it's also Stephen King, and there's a source material there that. Good luck messing up some of that. Uh, I feel like if you'd have to really change some things to make some of those scenes. Yeah, that's work. never happened in a Stephen King adaptation um, before. People changing feel, things in room. But I feel yeah, like right? there were things that were changed in the first movie. That, but I know that they were working yeah. primarily with Carrie Fukunaga, script. Script, yeah, with yeah. the script that was a, you know an already a good tr- one, a treatment that was already there. That, yeah, I don't know, but um, I'm glad it, I'm glad it is as long as it is, and I'll eat it up. And I, if it's if it's on par with the first one, I'll take it. And I'll uh, will you eat it up like Pennywise eats up little little babies, little babies? Yeah, I will. I was oh, yawning God. as you think I said that, that scene's <laughs> going to be in the movie. Do you think they're going to show that scene? Hey, wait, which scene? You know where that woman finds like the baby in the toilet because Pennywise. Mm, is, I don't like, think that'll be in the movie. Just like the I mean, child porn so? scene. No, okay. well, unfortunately not. not. But okay, so basically to back up just a little bit, uh, the writer that came in to assist we have uh, some sort of quote unquote King's Dominion here. Uh, his name is Jason Fuchs. Fuchs. And yeah, so he helped. Uh, write uh, Wonder Woman. He was like a co-writer, but he's also known for his role as Lawrence Gray on the Fox dramatic thriller The Passage. No Whoa, shit, are you kidding yeah. me. Gray is my is what a great little. I'm not even kidding. Gray's here. my from having read all three volumes in the in the Passage trilogy. Gray's the to me the most interesting character. So that's actually kind of cool. Well, he's too bad it got of, canceled. I know. Well, he's got he's got a lot of uh, his script. Pan was listed on Hollywood's 2013 blacklist and made into a uh, 2015 film. Wait, it was a critical and box office failure. Wait, um, what was it? Pan? Pan. How does a movie about Peter Pan get on the fucking blacklist? Will they just put anything on the blacklist these I, days? I guess, hey, here's my yeah. adaptation of Peter Pan, which has already been made 9,000 times. Put it on the blacklist. Well, well here's some stuff to reassure you. Okay. Uh, so his feature screenwriting debut was animated sequel Ice Age Continental Drift. Oh, God. So we're not out of the, you so this, know. Well, this isn't Steven Zalian, right? Or the, oh, uh, God, of the Irishman. Came in. <laughs> no, I like, teared up. Steven, come down. Come up here to Canada. <laughs> And help us. I teared up at the first Ice Age film. So oh, God. I got I in there. You know what I tear up at? Star Wars trailers. Oh. Sorry. Hey, the Rise of the Skywalker trailer? I, no, I just I, like to make fun of people who I didn't like, tear up at that. I teared get, up. I yeah. will say I genuinely teared up at the Force Awakens trailer. Oh, God. 
Uh, With the haunted I, I have you a soul. Fucking child. And <laughs> the Rise of the Skywalker trailer, I did not tear up at, but I was I was pretty excited. I was at you know, the celebration. I'm so excited. Yeah, the only trailer was, I've ever teared up at was Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> if I'm being honest, did you go to the screening? You know, I'm, not I'm, yet. I'm, I'm on my I way. I'm on it. my way. I, I, you know, I, I I hadn't seen. I'd only seen Tokyo Drift. Uh huh. And maybe parts of the first one, and seeing the Hobbs and Shaw trailer in the theater. Uh, knowing that I was going to be, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching these movies now. Fucking I'm watching because Randall and Justin have gotten me into this. I'm They're watching, great. I watched he, five he and I watched family. six and six. <laughs> six was genuinely good. I definitely go out and watch these. Love movies. six. Uh, so now, <laughs> now I'm excited, but I don't think I would ever tear up at it. Loser. <laughs> uh, I would tear up at it. I love big muscles and I love uh, big muscles pulling helicopters out of the sky with a well, robot. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and cry because the only person in my camp that has not uh, subscribed to these bullshit Fast and Furious movies is uh, Dan Caffrey. And so he still stays with me. Uh, but also, you can have him because he's what he has subscribed to is, is like monster Halloween movies? Yeah. 2018 and the, two he, and the Jurassic yes. World you can movies, hear, which you can hear on our Halloweenies podcast. <laughs> nice plug. Uh, we'll be uh, covering those two films uh, next year. That's true. We'll started well, starting well, next year. Start of them, yeah. I, I, I like the way that uh, in the new episode of uh, Halloweenies, um, not to give another plug, but Justin talks about how he'll be 41 by the time the last one is out, and we'll finally see Laurie Strode take down Myers. Anyway, um, I didn't know that would happen. Yeah. Let's see if it does. Um, Because, you know. Maybe she can lock him in a basement that's on fire. Maybe that'll work. Uh, anyway. they, they, they did that in the uh, 2018 one. Oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, so we've got one more story. Yeah, what's the other It news? Well, the other It news is that uh, they're re-releasing the first one. It's true. Yeah, yeah they're going to be released Starring it. Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> so if you guys didn't didn't get to catch the famous clown on the big screen, <laughs> he's coming back. The famous clown. And there's, <laughs> there's going to be... There's going to be eight minutes of footage, I believe. There at, is eight at, minutes post of credits. Yeah, so uh, Fandango. Who wants that? Why do you want eight minutes of footage Look, of a movie you're not going to see for another now few months? Now, here's the thing. Not in a few months. We, we, it's literally it's five actually, weeks it's away. It's eight minutes of footage I of Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> God, <laughs> I would, I would love that. What if it's, what if it's eight minutes of Doctor Sleep that they just wedge in there? They're like, hey, you like this Stephen what, King? What? No, hold on, <laughs> not to get too far off track here, but we're still talking about, um, talking about iconic characters. Remember when we went to go see? What were we seeing? And they sh- they started showing oh, the yeah. beginning of Indiana Jones okay. Four. <laughs> so we what? all right. So the week before we went to go see King of the Crystal Skull, one of the most disappointing moments in, in film history for me. <laughs> I literally walked out towards the ending of the movie. Um, the following week we went to go see, if you remember, the one of the, the what, second what Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, The Incredible Hulk, starring uh, not uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, but uh, Edward Mr. Norton. Norton. Oh, uh, really? Mr. Edward Norton. That's what we were seeing. Yeah. Oh wow. And then they started playing King of the Crystal yeah, Skull, and yeah. everybody started booing and it was literally a week removed like maybe a week or and two we look, removed. i remember looking at you and thinking i can't believe like any other any other decade if this is any jones movie starring i would have been like all right just play this instead yeah. <laughs> you know like, seriously who cares? And, and it was just uh, so bad sorry. how fall how how hard it fell um but yeah so it chapter one which we're going to be calling it now is coming back into theaters on august 3rd and august 6th and at the end there will be eight minutes. I don't know what that eight minutes will be. Maybe it's uh, our reunion with Stanley. Uh, Stanley, uh, I Uris. think it's just the the full like um, uh, Bev sequence. Oh yeah, it could be. Or maybe it's Andy Muschietti going, "Hi, I'm Andy Muschietti. Uh, please come to my to movie." The orgy sequence in this film, and I could spend the next seven minutes explaining oh, why. God. Okay, after the t- after the trailer came out, this tweet was the funniest thing I ever read. Uh, it's from Chris Scott at I am Chris Scott. Very funny Twitter. 
A lot of people associate clowns with fun and laughter. The It movies aren't afraid to turn that whole idea on its head. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, I laughed about that for like a week and I'm probably going to laugh about it for another week. A A A Dowd had one that was for Halloween that, uh, that was giving me stitches like the other day, like, I can't remember what it was. It was something about like Laurie Strode or whatever, but anyway, maybe um, she'll take down that bad boy. Yeah. Finally, you're planning on seeing this this weekend. If you can, right? I'm going to try to go see it so I can see what this eight minutes are, you know, so what the eight minutes are. Maybe it's a lot like uh, eight seconds starring the late Luke Perry. (laughs) What if it's the Uh, last eight minutes of the movie? Wait, what (laughs) is eight seconds starring Luke Perry? That's where he plays. Like he's the, is he the lead? He's like a rodeo star. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. He is a rodeo star. I know you're talking about. He's, he's I never saw the film, but I did see. Saw it in theaters. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We'll and, get there. And, 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 and he's there. Perry. I think one of our questions might lead us to discussing oh, that. Oh, wow. Okay, well, hold on. So, well, hey. Uh, yeah. The, so the, only other, the only other piece of news is that there's going to be some carnival uh, in L.A. for it That's a, you know, that none of us are going to be able to go to, so fuck that. Um, <laughs> and then the other <laughs> one is... Some fans uh, in L.A. that can go for yeah, it, it, it report Honestly, back, yeah. if you are going to this, the, the carnival that they're going to be doing, it's a nice little promotional thing. If you're going, let us know. We'd love to talk to you about it. You know? Um, but the last piece of news is in the tall grass... Yep. With Patrick Wilson, our favorite Conjuring star. Wait, I thought James Marsden was in it. That's what I thought also, but it's Oh, they recast? Wilson. Might have, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, okay. You don't like Patrick Wilson? He, he's like, it's just a total fucking wild card for me. Yeah. Yeah, he's hit or miss. He's like Marsden in this. I've loved him in some things, and I've just thought he was just like, anybody could have played this role yeah. kind of thing kind of person but he's very handsome uh, uh straight up like kind of straight shooting male it's funny because i feel the same way about marston like originally when he first started doing a lot of films like when he was younger i, I hated him i thought he was sucked and well, like, you didn't like I, disturbing behavior i love i didn't behavior. i did not like him in that movie and i didn't really love that movie either <laughs> Nick I like, I like the sucks. one song that came out of that movie that everybody loves the fly song or uh, yeah, oh harvey uh, danger yeah. But oh, Harvey Danger! But yeah. no, uh, got you where I want you is in it's that, which is a fucking great love song. song I love that Good soundtrack. Song. But uh, James Marsden was not so hot in that film. True uh, story about that soundtrack. Yeah. I bought it not knowing what Harvey Danger uh, Flagpole Sitto is called. So I was like, oh, it's going to be on the soundtrack. And then it was. I listened to the whole soundtrack. It's in not my room on and it. It's not on it. Oh, and, really? But the thing is, like, the songs are are great on it. So I, like, it worked out in the end. But you know, I guess. anyway, fun story. If you say so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so this is. Um, it's going to be playing at Fantastic Fest in Austin. Now, I'm going to be trying to go down there, but if I can't go there, guess what? We have a loser down there. It's true. Daniel Walker Caffrey. Caffrey. The so, man himself. And he was there for uh, Gerald's Game premiere, and he was there for the 1922, 1922. premiere. So, you know. Well, maybe we can get him in there to see some grass. And he, <laughs> Yeah, he'll see some grass. He'll go in the tall grass. I am... 90% sure that Dr. Sleep is going to drop there. You think so? I think it will. That's a bold statement. That would be great, too. They, they, if, they love doing Dan, secret if stuff. If we can get Dan, who's a big shining head in there. Yeah. I think that we would, we would, that would serve us well. That would serve us very, very well. Um, yeah. In the tall grass, we got a promo instrument as well, which just shows a, like a boy with a dog standing outside the tall grass. That's, what do you think is going to happen? Well, that's not an image I've read in the tall grass, but it's been years. So I don't remember much from it, but I don't remember there being a dog and I don't remember there being a little boy. I could be totally wrong on that. No. Um, I definitely know there it wasn't a dog in the story because I would remember that because I don't like when dogs get hurt. So I all either. I got to say is uh, Vincenzo Natale, director of Splice and Cube, uh, who is directing this film, keep that dog out of the tall grass. I like. I actually like Cube. I like Cube too. I like I Splice saw as well. Very well. I didn't love it. But. I didn't see Splice, but I thought any any kind of gene, anything like that, is always kind of unnerving to me. Well, I had always grown up thinking with, like I really want to watch 
Adrian Brody have sex with an alien that doubles as his daughter. Oh, at hot as hell. And that's what I got. So, well, okay. But <laughs> I have not read in the tall grass. Is I that a short story? It's a novella. It's a novella that is he, it, it was a Kindle it single that he, uh, no, it was just, uh, it's, you can just get it on Kindle single. Uh, drop um, Kindle. Uh, yeah. And it was, uh, King and Joe wrote it together. Oh, okay. Joe Hill. Yeah. Cool. cool. Well, I'm excited. You know, more, Hey, more King, the, mar- the merrier, right? It's going to Netflix too. I think, it, I, you know, I'm curious about it. I feel like it might, it'll probably just be like a 1922 it, situation. It's where gonna, it's it like, is going to Netflix. Oh, yeah. But That's hey, what I if thought. It's a 1922 yeah. situation. Great. Cause I thought yeah. that was right. Really I'm I saying it's like yeah, probably board. a solid movie that probably won't make a lot of waves, but you know, we'll probably like it. I'm kind of sad though, because Thomas Jane really wanted to be in that one. He is was, that true? What he said in our podcast. He said, why wouldn't you cast him? I know. Well, the great thing about Thomas Jane is that he's doing, he's alive and well. Yeah. And we are going to see him in more Stephen yeah. King properties. Hey, I don't doubt it. You know, Jane works, doubt it. he works in mysterious ways. Cast him in the stand, man. I know. Oh my God. gosh. Who would he be in the stand? Stu. Uh, Lloyd? Stu. Ralph Brentner. <laughs> We'll get to it later because we're going to talk about the stand casting later. Yeah, uh, that's all the news, right? That's it. I think it's time I hear that rattle. The bones, Ooh. the bones are rattling. Give me that in bag. The bag. Of bones. Give him the bag. All right, it's time for bag of bones. Bag to the bones. Bag to the bones. Hey, hey, did somebody order a bag of bones? <laughs> hey, hey, can you toss me that um, that satchel? <laughs> oh, it's a satchel filled. This with isn't bones. a satchel. It's a bag of bones. <laughs> Oh, God. Hey, uh, I have a bone to pick with you, but I don't have any bones. Do you have one? Uh, Hold on. Let me get my bag of bones. (laughs) Uh, We're going to keep going? No. (laughs) I've heard a bag of laughs, but barrel of bones? (laughs) That's officially it. All right. Time to start. Welcome to Bag of Bones. <laughs> this is a section where we like to talk about we like to talk about questions you sent us. We like That's to a way talk to phrase about it. Questions. Uh, no, we put out a call on social media for you guys to send us your favorite king related or not king related questions, and we spend some time just uh, talking about them. We can't use all the questions. <laughs> We, what I love we about this, we're keeping all this. We don't this. answer this. We're keeping all this, by the way. I know. Well, hold on, hold on. We don't answer the questions. We just talk we about just talk the about questions them? that were posed. Yeah. Uh, how frustrating is that? So, by the way, it should be noted that because we had a, a major, a big guest on last week, we probably have new listeners this week. So, Ooh, hopefully, hopefully that you're enjoying this episode and not thinking, "What a bunch of fucking assholes." Hey, you know what? These are the episodes where we really get to reach out. Yeah. And be ourselves. And give back to the community. And be ourselves. And I think that. If people don't like this, you know, they can just go listen to the next book episode. I don't That's think true. that they have to like yeah. this. No, I think that they have to like but this. But this. <laughs> this is for the real, this is to, to quote, uh, the real to, to quote Romero, this is for the real trolls. Oh. The, the, the real, the real. Wait, he called his fans, fans trolls? He said he he referenced the the Day of the Dead fans as as I think the, as I the think trolls. in the modern parlance of the word uh, we I don't want to call our fans trolls I'd like to think they're not trolls I, well, I like mean trolls, I mean though. trolls as in like the the mystical magical creatures that live under bridges that like podcasts where people answer questions not the ones on social media ever see a uh, troll hunter it's on a uh, shutter I've actually never seen that I've I heard it's either. good I know I don't know why I brought it up if I've never seen I it I heard but... it's good too but I've not seen it well, so. I, I got a troll doll when I was in elementary school. 
school, but then the hair came out. Did and any, it was really how the hell did the hair came out? Did anyone ask <laughs> us about, yeah. about Troll Hunter? <laughs> no one asked us about Troll Hunter, right? No, no Troll Hunter questions. Let's start. Actually, our first question, okay. I think, is a good way to kick things off because it's just yeah. a question that we get asked all the yeah. time. And I think it's good to get it out here. And we should probably just do this every episode. Yeah. Uh, so Jason Tick asks, man, I missed the intro song from the first year. Why was it changed? Well, let's say. Uh, well, what, was the, what was the song? Yeah. It was Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Even the Losers. Even the Losers. Great song. And Off unfortunately, of Damn the Torpedoes. We lost Petty. <laughs> we lost Petty? <laughs> yes, we did lose Petty. Uh, but we also uh, never had the rights to it. So, But we also had um, our friend Billy Yost of the Kickback cover it, which was yes. really good. And, and then was, we he did it for a while. And then we realized that that could be problematic also. Yeah. And mind you, uh, that realization came literally hours before I had to fly to Madrid. <laughs> so you can only imagine my excitement uh, when I realized that we had those songs on, I don't know, what, 90 episodes at the time? So. So we replaced it with my good friend, Charlie Hondrick, who goes by Charlie Lawrence and who also uh, works in a band called Coach Hop. Works. Uh, works. But he, he, he writes music and uh, delivers great music with Coach Hop. He was in a band in college. Uh, in my, you know, back in, in I guess the mid two thousands, called the most. And my band at the time, um, this really shitty band that I was in called the Pax Romana. Uh, we used to play shows with them, and I just worshipped the most. I, I loved them, and if you listen to the album. I'm sorry, Jason, you're not, you missed uh, Tom Petty. Who wouldn't miss Tom Petty? But hey, we kept it in Gainesville because he went to Gainesville. It Gainesville, was at, Rock you, City. Yeah, so Gainesville, Rock City. And uh, the most, the Friends song, I just thought it was a fun little uh, cheeky nod to, uh, you know, it's basically about having sex with friends. And, you know, in the Losers Club, that's what happens. So, yeah. you know, we kept it. I like the new song. I really like the new stuff. Uh, I think even <laughs> I really like I think, the new stuff. I think even even losers. I think that that will always hold a special place for me. When oh, I hear it on the radio, ditto. it takes me right back. Yeah. And uh, so, if you haven't heard of Tom Petty, check him out. And uh, even the losers is the name of the song. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. I always love. Just when you say that, it reminds me when I was in college, I worked on like a, uh, like a, a cable access show that, or not cable access. It was on the, the student station and there were, it was a talk show that my friend hosted. And I remember he was talking to his band leader and he was trying to make banter, but his band leader was really bad at banter. And he was, and he was asking the band leader, he's like, so what'd you do over Christmas break? And the guy's like, ah, I read the, the Hobbit. <laughs> And he's just like, okay. And he's, and he's like, and he, well, no, he's like, okay, the fucking Hobbit. Everybody knows that. And then, uh, then he kept talking to the guy and the guy goes, well, Hey, you know, um, I'll see you later. And if you haven't read the Hobbit, I would recommend you check it out. And he was <laughs> earnest. Like he was genuinely earnest. And it was one of the funniest things <laughs> my, my, ever. My favorite stage banter comes from Lou Barlow. When I went to go see dinosaur junior back in like 2009 and he was just like tuning his guitar. And he's like, anybody, uh, anybody see, uh, end of the wild a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, I know like Eddie Vedder was scoring that picture and I love Pearl Jam, but uh, you know, there's like a scene where, you know, the guy's like on the mountain and it's like, and I don't really know what Eddie was trying to do there. But, so he just like would go off on <laughs> the like, talk five better. minutes on the stage. It was great. It was the best part of the show. Oh, um, what about the next? Uh, uh, so Carlton Stevens says, I'd like to hear you rank the covers. Uh, he says, I've been complaining about the recent one for years, but I have to admit these new reissues are quite nice. Uh, that's a huge endeavor. It is. So I guess like maybe I think a way to reframe this question is what is a cover that stands out to you as sort of um, an iconic King cover? Is there one that pops to mind? I, th- I mean, um, the first one that comes to me is, yeah, well, is, uh, is whatever Mac's going to say. 
<laughs> oh, did that one hit? Well, I will tell you, it's pretty pretty easy. It's just the cover, the it it the original cover for it mm. with the uh, with the little claw coming out of the yeah. the drain. I think that that always stuck with me. Um, I uh, what what about you? What, you have I mean, I'm going with you, so I, I got I, I'm going to have to say there it. are other no, versions no, no, of the it cover that I really love, but that that, that really is that one and definitely stuff. sticks with me. But the kid's eyes on the the animated cover of The Shining yeah. is really scary yeah. to me. I, like as a yeah. kid, that like frightened me. I wouldn't even like want to look at the book. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, I think about Skeleton Crew and the mm-hmm. monkey, uh, which is funny because the monkey is like the shittiest story in that book. Yeah. But I think that whole idea of the the monkey with the symbols being creepy, which is something that manifested in culture beyond Skeleton mm-hmm. Crew, um, was to me a very unnerving image that always kind of freaked me out. And I think it's that whole concept of like, you know, an inanimate object sort of uh, having uncanny human qualities. And uh, yeah, so the skeleton crew one is the one that always stood out to me. Carlton, I think that this is a great question. I think this could almost be an episode. I think we could, I mean? we could do an episode. whole and yeah. everything. I think that that's something to look into because I really do love a lot of this artwork. And a shout out to what he's talking about, the reissues. The reissue for... Um, do you know who did the oh, reissues? man, I'm blanking on this. Yeah. Uh, the way, with the 90s? The Talisman. Oh, okay. The new Talisman yeah. cover I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the minimalistic really like ones, ones. Like, like these, for like the one I'm holding with like the Four Past Midnight, that's the... The new Scribner? I, you know, I, I do actually like kind of like those. Yeah, the Scribner versions are really cool, but there's, there's, there's new ones coming out post-Scrib. Yeah. Post-Scrib. And uh, <laughs> they're really cool. Like, even the Institute cover looks kind of cool, you know? I like, agree. They're, yeah. they're, they're just like these more muted... I mean, those are muted too, I guess. But yeah, I think that's a good idea, Carlton. Thanks for suggesting that. Yeah, I think that would be a fun episode. I also always think about the Insomnia cover just because, well, the original, because it was just like red and white yeah. and it was really bold. And I remember that was a book because, you know, I used to always go to the um, library to go get King books when I was a kid. And I remember there were certain books I would always see and it was always like, well, which one should I read next? And I would always just kind of grab one. I, I had no rhyme or reason, but I remember the insomnia one was one that always resonated because it always popped out from the shelf, yeah. you know, cause it was so bright, uh, but it was so long. It was one that I avoided for a long time. So yeah, and that 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 cover always reminds me of like the intro to a Terminator mm-hmm. with like the big letters and everything. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's go take the next question. Yeah, next question. Um, oh wait, what's your favorite back of the book author photo of King from Brian Burnett, constant listener? We appreciate you. Um, yeah, mine. I'm holding it in my hands. It's from the Penguin Putnam Editions uh, from the '90s, and it is this one of King looking off to the side, his neck. Cr- craned a little bit, mm. uh, looking kind of handsome. He's got a strong jawline. He's got some hair that's a little bit slicked back. He's got some glasses on. Uh, this one right here, I'm holding it up uh, for all the podcast listeners to see. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, and this one to me is, I think I only like it because it's the one I grew up on. Like, mm-hmm. this is how I always saw yeah. King, because yeah. these, the, these were the editions that I read when I was young. So. so, yes, these are the editions that I read as well. Yeah. I like that one. I'm looking at one right now from the Signet edition, the Gunslinger Dark Tower number one. This photo is an old photo of the little, oh. little baby king. That, yeah. At the typewriter, and I really like that. Kind of looks really, like James Earl Jones there. It's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> James Earl Jones? I think he does. No, seriously. Look at uh, Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Like, I'm talking strictly like Doctor like the, Strange Love era. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I would probably go with that one, but. 
I also really think of the, the one with he has the beard, whatever the one was in the back of the original Pet Cemetery. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think of that one. Um, but I also love uh, the photo of uh, him at the typewriter with uh, one of his corgis underneath. Oh, the corgis. Love them. Love Good em. buddies. Jeff Scroggins asks, could you do a little behind the music and give us a little insight in how the losers are scheduled for each episode? Is it a matter of who's available? Is it a schedule that is put together months in advance? Or do you have specific books or topics that you schedule, such as making sure that Randall, uh, that's me, was on the Tommy Knockers episode. Keep up the great work. Oh, I, we didn't. I, there was compliments after that. I'll stop. Yeah, reading. we don't need to read that. Uh, yeah. Hey, I love the compliments. Uh, so let me just say that yes, I demanded to be on the Tommy Knockers episode. Mm-hmm. There are, yeah, I feel like with the book episode, with these episodes, like when we're talking news or bag of bones, it's kind of just who's available. Yeah. Um, same with, uh, lobstrosities and things like that with book episodes. I feel like we're usually a little bit more deliberate about who's on them. Usually at least one of us has a strong opinion about Mm -hmm. being on a certain episode. Mm -hmm. Um, like I know that, is it you that you like to be on all the dark tower episodes? Yeah. Big dark, 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 dark head, head. your dark Dark head. head. I feel like our Roland and, uh, (laughs) thank you. That was a compliment. Uh, to Shane Gerber. But like for me, I, I wanted to be on the Tommy knockers. I wanted to, I want to be on the needful things episode. Cause mm-hmm. these were books that meant a lot to me. And then with library policemen, I had a story associated with that. So I kind of wanted to be on that one too. Um, and we've taken like a little bit more of an economical approach with it too, because I mean, honestly, like with us doing like both like Halloweenies and also the losers club and we have, you know, a lot of other commitments too. We've tried to, especially since we've expanded our roster a little bit, tried to like make it so that like, I mean, as you noticed with the four past midnight episodes, we, you know, we had a diverse cast in each one. Like yep. there was different, you know, different losers in each episode yep. with the exception of the last two. Um, but, and that was kind of something that started, I believe last year with it. Cause I think all of us yeah. were trying to like be like, all right, how do the hell we tackle this? And we all want to be on it. The, this, the, you know, mm-hmm, to be able right. to talk about this book. It's also just giving everybody a little, little breathing room. Yeah. You know, we've, we've been doing this for a long time now, but Randall's absolutely right. There's, you know, something will come up like in an episode like this though, like a joke about, a, about a book and then that's it. Like you've signed, you're on, you're yeah. be on that book, you know what well, I mean? Yeah. Like, because then we, then that just keeps, we just yeah. keep running that joke. Cause me and Justin and would, always, have him on. would always <laughs> yeah. joke about Tommy knocker. So we like, yeah. we were like, okay, well we have to be on this. And one. I was excited yeah. to be on the T knock episode as well. Yeah. But I you weren't that, on it. Were you the book? Oh, you were on the movie. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You I, was able to, I was able to be on the movie episode. There you go. Yeah, I was excited about that. Yeah. I haven't been I've, yeah. been, on, I've only been on one book episode this year, other than Secret Window. Wow. Yeah. I went, I did Misery. Really and, dedicated. Uh, I know, really dedicated here. <laughs> Fucking loser over here. No, um, I was supposed to be in uh, The Dark Half, but uh, it, just got to, it just got a little too dicey. I couldn't do it. So I'm hoping that I could do uh, Needful Things, but I don't even know if we're going to get to that this year. So yeah, it's a long book. We got a lot of goodies coming up. but A lot of goodies. We have a real fun Google Doc that has like everything in it so i will say that the 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 book that we definitely will probably be covering this year for sure is Mm -hmm. wastelands absolutely yeah Yeah, that's guaranteed that's guaranteed and and also uh we're jumping ahead uh we're jumping ahead we're jumping in time Mm -hmm. we found a door (laughs) we did find a door in the middle of nowhere and we walked through it oh this is kind of an announcement we haven't really shared this yeah we kind of talked about a little bit but we, we will be we will be moving through the universe to an alternate reality, an alternate one, uh, and covering uh, uh, Dr. Death. <laughs> Dr. Death! <laughs> Dr. Death! 
<laughs> so I was talking uh, to the character my, my, from Halloween my best friend's wife uh, was talking about the trailer and she said she called it Dr. Death and then tried to call it Mr. Sleep. And I thought it was <laughs> just too Sleep. funny to pass up. Uh, so. No, that's good. Uh, yeah. So I think the plan is that we're going to, uh, in conjunction with the release of Dr. Sleep, we're going to do a book episode on we Dr. Are. Sleep. Yeah. I think that maybe that's something that with these new adaptations coming out, because we do end up like with Gerald's game, we ended up talking a lot about the book, even though we were just discussing the film. Yeah. So we figured why not maybe mix it up a little bit, see how this goes and to actually do a book episode in advance of the film and then Spe- do a film. Episode. Especially the ones that are so far off. Yeah. And like Dr. Sleeps years and years and yeah. years off. And we've so. got there's And this is probably also just, you know, there's going to be big, big stories. Like, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's just like a little, a little tiny adaptation or if it's something straight to Netflix, we're not, or if it's a novella, we're not necessarily going to be beholden to that. No. But for the, but for the, for the good ones, for the, the big ones, for the big ones, you know, there's, there's other worlds in these. True. Very true. Uh, let's move on. Isaac Wilkins says, do you think Joe Hill should be able to make crossover material with King's multiverse? For example, uh, has he actually earned the right uh, I think as King's son, you've earned the right to do anything you want. Yeah. Uh, but has he earned the right to drop Midworld and Pennywise references in Nosferatu? I actually think this is interesting because um, I tried watching the AMC series and I didn't enjoy it. Did I can't believe either. it got renewed because there's no buzz about well, it. Well, they also like dropped the last two episodes, which is never a good thing. Yeah, but they renewed it. I know. And like, here's the well, thing. They, and they like rushed it to Shudder because they're trying to get people to oh, watch it. Oh, it's on it. Shudder? Well, it's going to be starting in August. Here's the thing. I've actually noticed there's a couple fairly major media outlets, I won't name them, who are giving a lot of print to that show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's some there's some deals going on. I there's some handshakes mm-hmm. going on. Maybe. I think that they have an investment in that show and they're like basically working with various companies to ensure that people care about it because like, you know, the thing about shows is that there's underappreciated shows um, that like maybe like Amazon's Patriot, right? Like that's the kind oh. of show where you'll see you'll see critics being like, please watch the show, but it hasn't caught on with the general populace. But it'll be like critics from every corner of sort of the Twitterverse, but they can't get the people into it. The same with um like Legends of Tomorrow was one of them for a while. Yeah. Or like Claws with uh yeah. Nisi Nash, actually. That that's another one that the critics are like, guys, please watch this show. Um, but it hasn't really lit up social media. Versus if you think about last year, like sharp objects and succession were dropped around the same time they put a lot more money into sharp objects but the show that really blew up twitter and people were talking about was succession Mm -hmm. that's the show that people were excited about and shows really do need that but the thing about nosferatu is that uh the only it's only getting critical reception from a a couple major outlets only and i'm talking about two in particular everyone else is very lukewarm on it nobody's talking about it online it is kind of an invisible show because it's not very good and so i feel like i feel like this is one of those instances where they're determined to make more of it because uh, I don't know for what reason. Very nefarious reasons. I'm, I'm assuming involving Jeffrey Epstein. And I, and I oh God. I'm kidding. I, I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that I think AMC really wants to get in bed with like the you know with King. Too, yeah. Because they're going to be doing the Sleeping Beauties adaptation. Oh yeah. I forgot and then about that. They, and also Shutter is attached to AMC. So it makes sense that they would be able to pursue horror content. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and also, I mean, I'm not huge on it, but it's, it's very well made. I mean, it's the, the quality of it. It's not awful. And I think that, 
you know, it's a, it's a, it's a type of caliber show that really fits well with everything else that's going on in like the sort of curriculum that AMC has. But it's too digital. It is too digital, but I'm There's saying no like warmth to it, but they're the same thing. You could almost say the same thing for like walking dead at this point. Oh, so like, well I would say yeah. that about walking dead. <laughs> and also even like, I mean, I know people love preacher out there, but I would also, I never got into that. There, and yeah. I never could get into it either. Oh, first so. of all, I haven't watched Thursday and preacher, but I think it's fucking great. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I like the first episode. I just never finished it. The Patriot on Amazon. Do, yeah, that's the kind of show that I've so heard is, is, is that really with Mel good. Gibson? It's so good. <laughs> no, oh. no, not to be mistaken for the Mel Gibson. The, so, but the thing is, like, I actually I was just thinking about this recently because I was reading the recap for the finale of um, Nostradamus because I guess I was curious what kind of changes they made because uh, I like the book and they when I was reading it I'm like I don't recognize some of these names like they had they've created characters for it so I went back to the wiki page for because it's been years since I've read Nostradamus I read it right when it came out so it's like yeah so I like went and read the wiki page for it and um just to refresh myself on the story and make sure that I wasn't forgetting like certain characters have been added or whatever and uh and I I remembered that there are references to Midworld and they call it something called Pennywise's Circus is like on this map you know and I remember those moments were kind of cool but uh, Hill himself said that they were just uh, him fooling around was the phrase he used and he makes a lot of and he makes references to his other books too and I think when you're sort of raised as king's son and you're raised uh, you know in this he's probably heard his dad talk a lot about like the ways in which he's blending his worlds and so I think for for Joe it's this kind of fun um, but the thing is like that's sort of the world we live in now is where everything's really interconnected with the MCU and everything like there's Easter eggs everywhere so I feel like you can't I don't know you can't do that without people putting their tinfoil hat on and honestly I feel like when you know ultimately when Steven uh, leaves us someone's going to probably insist upon continuing the world that he created yeah. and what better way than having, you know, his own son who's a, already a horror author. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's warranted. I think it's fine, especially since it's in the family. I mean, if yeah. it was anything else then you know, probably not, but, uh, I don't know. I guess I just wish he'd pull the trigger a little bit. It's just like, if yeah, you can, you do can, it or don't do it. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to do it, like maybe, actually do it. Although do I want, you know, to see Pennywise's circus via Joe Hill's I mean, lens? I don't know. Do you want, you mean, you mean just have more references? No, I mean like working in the story. No. I mean, if you're going to put it there. I feel like while Mr. King is alive, Mr. King, you don't do it. You can throw, you can throw references there. We call him Uncle Stevie on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. As a little (laughs) nod to, to, you know, Uncle Stevie, but I feel like you can't, don't. Like it's like the Gwendy's button box, and I know that he co-wrote that. But the sequel that that the co that was it Chismore, 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 Chismore is doing. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be really good. But I, I'm kind of like I don't know if I really mm. like that. Or there was something that there was something else that was coming out. I felt like that was. Oh no, we talked about this a little bit. I think just like do we think that Stephen King? How comfortable is he that people are just kind of taking his his properties and just kind of writing their like own Castle stuff Rock now. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like how like he might have really liked that whatever I mean, he might be at a point in his life where he's just like this is really going to live on. Well, this I is really going to have I, this I, is really taking on a life of its own like I even after I'm gone I think that there's always going to be some kind of iteration of something that I've done and, and I think when you when you're looking at your life like that 
I don't think you really care who's doing it go out going forward. I just think the fact that it's going to continue. And he knows it's going to be the source material. You know, I mean, there's it's been pretty so, awesome. I think. And it's very awesome. I mean, like there's been so many people, us included that have already called his works like American folklore. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I mean, think of all the American, think of all the folklore in general and just how many iterations there are there. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's being mythologized at this yeah, point, you know, yeah. which is really cool. I mean, that's how you live forever. Hey, um, let's, uh, let's hear from one of the coolest names that we could, you know, possibly read on this list. Jeremy Slagoth, longtime listener. We appreciate you. Would you, uh, he says, would love to know your thoughts, uh, so far of the casting of the Stan miniseries. Personally, I think Marilyn Manson is going to play the kid, uh, from the extended version of the book, the creepy guy that trash can man encounters on his journey. What say you? And do you think Michael Rooker is going to be playing court in the dark tower miniseries on Amazon? So yeah, I think that those are two interesting questions. Uh, let's I think, start with, I think Rooker was confirmed already for court. Though. I don't know if he's been confirmed. I'm there, there's up. been there have been like some things confirming it, but I don't think it's a hundred percent. But yeah. I, I think that what a why would you? I'm not? only seeing there's speculation that he's playing court. Uh, nothing is uh, just, official. Just make him court. Is it on Who's IMDb? It yet? Be? Uh, oh yeah, good question. Let me see if it's on up. there. But I, honestly, like I think I still stand by what we wrote in the article. I think that it's gonna be like the monster shatter for Marilyn Manson. I, I don't think. It'll oh be yeah, too see, substantial. I don't think that. Real, so you think it'll be something bigger? I think Maryland has some. Oh shit! Act- he has Hold on. Some there actually thoughts. is some 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 news oh, really? uh, here that might be actually interesting to discuss. Uh, Michael Rooker is not. There's no confirmation yeah. for who he's playing, but. Hold on one second. Interesting. Um, this is a but court is not listed amongst characters, so it's v- it could be very likely he is. Here's there's actually some stuff here. So um, uh, Elaine Cassidy will be playing Gabrielle Deshane. That's Roland's mother. Oh wow! What do I know her from? We're gonna do a little detour here. Thanks, Jeremy, for directing us here. Sometimes IMDb has the goods. Um, this woman who's playing Gabrielle, it looks like the most famous thing that I know her for is the others, the 2001 movie with Nicole Kidman. Um, she hasn't been in. It looks like she's she acts overseas, so it's not it's not serious that play for us really. Um, bless you. Whoa. Um, and then. Uh, uh, Stephen Deshane is Jerome Flynn. Yeah, I, so, knew, I knew that though. That wasn't yeah. confirmed though. No, no. I mean, like that was already that was what publications people whispered were about. Discussed, but they were. It wasn't like it was different. Yeah. The difference with that is like people want him to play court. Yeah. But people are, like industry sources already suggested that Jerome Flynn was playing Stephen Deshane. Okay. See, I didn't see that, yeah. but it does say in IMDb that he's playing Roland's dad, which, which is, is cool. Great. I'm into that, and I like oh, that a lot because I love yeah, Braun. So good. Yeah. Uh, it definitely. I mean, they haven't fully confirmed that it's that we're seeing um that we're seeing wizard and glass they haven't fully confirmed that like yeah. that's what we assumed well but yeah this cast list very much confirms that that's what it's going to be because not only uh is susan delgado here yeah. played by joanne ribiero although i think that was cast we did know that that she was going to be in it. But. So then, uh, but also her sister Cordelia Delgado has been cast, uh, played by Anna Pedreo, and then also cast is Rhea of the Coos. Very, wow. okay. very so, important. So, so that's a huge thing because that is a, a major character in Wizard and Glass. Yeah, and that leans me more towards now that I mean they could easily do like a whole prequel thing, a whole prequel thing. Um, and if they do that, then Court could technically. Be in it, even though you get most of his story in the Gunslinger. You do, yeah. He could. I mean, Michael. I mean, Rooker could easily be one of the um, uh, 
God. He, the, the, I know you're the, the, the funeral hunters or, or um, the coffin hunters. Coffin I mean. hunters. Yeah. Yes. Funeral yes. hunters. I think he'd be the big coffin hunter. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he could. Oh, yeah. There's it. that because yeah. Jonas isn't listed here either. Yeah. Although, so he could be that. Um, uh, Roy DePape, somebody's been cast as that role. He's one of the coffin hunters. So Simon Wan. Okay. So then let's back up for one second. Sorry, Jeremy. But. If we have all these characters on here and they are going to be doing Wizard and Glass, I mean, for last week when we were discussing the Dark Tower, we were we, we kind of chewed on the idea of the, of them taking all the lore that we know of the past and starting from there, like starting from scratch and moving forward. But if this season is just all Wizard and Glass, are we going to just move into the Gunslinger in the next one? I mean, uh, or we do we do into the Keyhole? Or do we do? You know, but I think they I would think probably do one through you the could Keyhole. Do I think the ones of the keels would be really hard to do, to be honest. I mean, there's a story in there with Roland, but it's not, which is cool. It's really cool, but it's not long and yeah. it's not, you know, I think, I think that they will probably fuse the gunslinger's origin with the wizard and glass story. Yeah. I think we're going to get flashbacks to him becoming the gunslinger and, and having it kind of side by side with his journey through wizard and glass where he starts to having, have to kind of prove himself a little bit. Well then I think that we're going to have to hear about an adult casting for Roland. Uh, well, let me just say that I think it's guaranteed that we're going to be seeing the training, i.e. court, because one of the characters that is named here, Daniel Fathers, the actor, will be playing Abel Vane, who I didn't remember, but I looked up and he was uh, one of the tutors assigned to train apprentice gunslingers. So we're definitely going to be seeing that aspect of it. Um, And then what else? And then there's also somebody named Tim Chipping who's going to play Christopher Johns. And as we remember, Elaine's last name is Johns. Mm -hmm. So uh, it looks like we'll be seeing his father so um i assume that that's his father um I, there's no listing that maybe they there's the no name. listing yeah they might have changed his name but there's no mm-hmm. listing for uh for cuthbert or elaine just yet so well what's interesting then is if this is if this is wizard and glass and it's a standalone story and we're going to see the ending you know of that chapter I wonder if it if the last thing of the season is going to be cutting forward to whoever's playing Roland and Eddie and Susanna, and that's the preview to like who's going to be in the next series. I don't know. I feel like know. you could stretch out Wizard and Glass over two seasons. Well, there's you also could, like, the there's a lot of lore and gunslinger stuff that they that is is out there, but it's yeah. we don't we never like really comics and seen stuff it, like the Battle of Jericho and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like yeah. I think that they could just kind of build that world more. And just have this be the jumping off point because yeah. I can't imagine them. I can't imagine this being really successful, and then all of a sudden they jump to like five brand new actors and characters. Like I would love to. I would love that. I would love if it like was it the very end of this season jumped to them, you know, rolling around a campfire telling them the story yeah. of of you know, and then they move on. Or we we're you know, I, or they just jump into the middle of the wasteland or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, it could be. be like crazy. that's the thing that's so wild about you it. No, like, but like it would just all depends on how well this first series does. You, you know? know, I think, um, I think based on what I'm seeing here, there's an actor cast named Ivan K whose resume is really impressive and you might recognize him. Mac. I've got some photos up here. He's, he's, but he's known lately for being on the show Vikings. He's one of the leads, but he's been in a million things and, um, in pretty notable roles. He doesn't have a character listed yet, but I look at him and I see that he could probably be like a Jonas character. So I think that that maybe lends, I, I personally, I would like, um, 
or maybe he could be court. I want Michael Rooker to be Jonas. Honestly, I think he would be great in that role. Um, and I remember when I wrote up the casting, I, that's kind of what I was hoping for. I could see him playing court too, but I think, um, I think this guy, Ivan K could also be a good court. So, so yeah, anyways, that was just some, uh, some little news there. Um, as for the stand, the stand. Yeah. Let's pivot and talk about the stand. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, so you disagree with this, but Mike and I, it's funny, Mike and I both wrote up this news. I did it at AV club. He wrote it at, at consequences right. sound and we both independently, uh, posited that Marilyn Manson will probably play a smaller, more cameo role. We both said the monster shatter, which yeah. is the role played by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the miniseries. And I think that's because for me, I don't see, um, Marilyn Manson playing a major role in this. Uh, I think the other role that I could potentially see him in is playing Campion uh, because there is a sickly quality to Marilyn Manson, to his general skin. Just look at him in anything that he's been cast in where he's not wearing makeup. I think that's a funny casting, like you said, like him bringing about the, yeah. the world kind of thing. If, like, know, if, that people if, have if, always said that. Yeah, if you cast <laughs> Marilyn Manson as the guy who unleashes the, the disease that kills the world, I think yeah. that's just kind of clever. And honestly, if he's going to be covering the doors the end that song i'm still saying is going to be the one that opens up this series yeah. and it would be interesting to have it play over yeah. his scenes, his scenes. So. yeah so I, those I are my see thoughts that more yeah. than the, the 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 monster shower just because i think that he he does have some acting chops under him and like you know i'm a big sons of anarchy fan and he he was on that show as a as a prisoner uh and it really muted character, you know, just like normal as hell. Yeah. But like, obviously a bad background, but like he wasn't hamming it up. He wasn't, you know what I mean? It was just like legit, like yeah. just normal dialogue. I think that he can definitely bring something to the table. So I, I hope that they use him in a more interesting way. And I think Campy would be great. Actually, I am on board with that for sure. That'd be really cool. Well, the, and then, uh, do we want to talk about the other casting? Um, the only other one that's been confirmed is James Marsden as Stu. Yeah, we talked about all the original okay, ones. Cool. So, okay, I mean, we already talked about. I, I, I feel all right. I mean, the only one that kind of gives me pause, and I, I talked about this in like one of the last episodes, was just like Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail, just because I think she's such an iconic uh, character actor. At the, not even a character actor, but just iconic persona now. You know, I mean, she's, she's been on a the host. View. She's on the host. I mean, she's a host. It's it just makes it a little bit. too to, it takes me out of the story. I agree. So I would have would have preferred someone a little more unknown. I mean, granted, Ruby Dew is a huge actress at the time, but at the same time, she wasn't also like hosting television shows as well. Like, There's so just, many other a- actresses yeah. out there. I don't know. I look at this list and it doesn't excite me. Um, Amber Heard doesn't excite me as Nadine. No. I think that's such a chewy, like interesting role. Like just I, Amber Heard's fine. You know, she's fine. Like I, 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 I wanted Rooney Mara in our in our dissection. Yeah, had it, and that would have been. She's great. way too big. Is she not any, I mean, what has she been doing lately? Who is David Boreanaz playing? I know. I, Randall Flagg. I would... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Did they... Is that actually for real? No, no, no that no. was oh, a bit we, we had in a previous episode. But I, oh, no, no, I was there for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. But that's why I was like saying. I was like, wait, is this... What if they did happen? cast him and, and they, they said thanks to the about? Losers Club podcast for the idea? I would love that, but I'd hate the casting. But Boreanaz... <laughs> <laughs> what if he came in and it's just like, and every time he shows up, it's like, so yeah. So that's our thoughts on that. Let's move on. Uh, Kyle Orozovich, constant friend listener, of the pod, friend of the pod. actually not even a friend of the pod, honorary loser for helping us out and editing all the back. Yeah, he's Love been editing a lot. We appreciate the Such hell out of it. Such a great guy. Yeah. Uh, before starting the pod, were there any adaptations of King's work that you hadn't watched yet because it would never live up to what you had in your head? 
Um, mm. Interesting story. I would say I watched, I always watched the adaptations except for Misery. That was the one I hadn't seen. Oh, wow. But that wasn't because, and I talked about that in the episode, that wasn't because um, I didn't want to. I think I just never did for some reason. But because I maybe it was because I always watched adaptations when I was young. I was thinking about my answer for this, and I'm like, I watched a lot of them, and I was disappointed by a lot of yeah. them. Like, I remember watching, like, the Needful Things one, and I didn't love it. And I remember watching... Um, what's it called? Salem's lot, the original. And the thing was like, I know that that's kind of the Toby Hooper one is kind of beloved now, but I thought it was really boring when I was young. And then I might like it more now as an adult. I watched it really young. And then what was the other one um, that I, Oh, Tommy knockers. Obviously I fucking hated that miniseries. For so, me, it was yeah. the opposite. See, I used to watch a lot of the films and then be like, all right, I got to read the book. Yeah. And the only one that I could really think of that would fit in this would be like, I had, I had watched the first season of under the dome and but I watched it begrudgingly, and I I almost skipped it just because I knew that the series was never going to live up to like the book, and 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 I just felt that it was such a one off story that yeah. how the hell could you ever make this into a series anyway? Yeah. I mean, they're literally under a time limit to how long they can handle being under this dome, but under um, this dome, yeah, under this dome. But yeah, that's <laughs> the only one I could really think of. Um, Did you yeah. read Under the Dome? Yeah, I, th- that was actually a really fast read for me, even though it's so yeah, huge. Same. I think I read it in like one weekend. I love it. it it's such a turn, you know, page turner. But yeah. um, especially like the way that he unfolds that world is it just, you know, I know that that came from manuscripts from the seventies and you could tell it was right from that era for yeah. him too. So I all I know it. is that when, whenever Dan Caffrey and I talk about it, we just talk about the guy who keeps farting when he yes. gets beat up, which yeah. we just think is funny. The guy that like is, his like missing hair or something like that. Too, yeah. Or something, uh, whenever he has like a toupee or something. Mac attack. Um, no, cause I hadn't read any of the books when we started. That's oh. true. Except for the, well, it's not true, except for the Dark Tower books, but I there weren't any adaptations at no. the time, so uh, no. Did you see the you saw the Dark Tower in theaters with us, right? No, you weren't even on the you weren't on the episode though. So I did you go separately that day? I think I saw it. I was just I was in de- denial, and I think I saw it eventually. <laughs> was Dan the one who goes to see it? Dan? Oh wait a second, weren't you in the UK during that? I think it was 2017 so. I was in London. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was I remember me seeing posters for it in the, in the tube. Yeah. Me, you, yeah, Justo and so Flieger. Cool, but man, well. Justo went home to write it and it was me, you and Flieger. I feel like there might've been one other person. It wasn't Mel, was it? No. Um, well, either way, Luan Romolo asks, uh, what are your, f- this is non King question. What are your favorite MCU movies? And out of those that were announced at uh, San Diego comic-con, which one are you guys most excited for? For me, he says infinity war and Endgame. He considers them one giant five hour movie guardians Two, far from home. And he said, I can't wait for Thor love and thunder. So Mike, favorite MCU movies. Uh, for me, I would have to go with Iron Man three. Love it. That's so wild. I love it. It's a Shane black movie and yeah. You know, I I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, though. Yeah, you haven't seen a lot of them. I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. I haven't seen Doctor Strange. And I haven't seen uh, Far From Home. Wait, I thought you reviewed Far From Home. No, oh, wait, no, you reviewed um, Homecoming. I, I did Homecoming. Yeah, 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 I yeah, loved yeah, Homecoming. Yeah. That's my second favorite, I would say. Yeah, see, for me, Thor Ragnarok and Homecoming are my two favorites. Yeah. Those are my favorite ones. And I obviously, I really liked uh, Endgame and Infinity War, but I don't know, For weirdly, I, I don't see them as like individual. I mean, I, I, I agree they're like one five-hour movie, but when I think of the ones that um, I really, really was charmed by, it's uh, Ragnarok and um, and uh, Homecoming. Yeah. What about you? I thought Ragnarok. Ragnarok was really fun. Um, I don't know if it'll stand the test of time. 
Because it, 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 I feel like that movie doesn't exist without Guardians of the Galaxy. For me, it's Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, volume one. Uh, I really love Winter Soldier. Um, and I, you know, I've just been like meditating on Endgame recently. No, I guess because the digital release just dropped, right? Uh, I gotta watch that. I gotta watch it again. I've, only, I've seen it twice already, but like, I, so much of that goes back though to like, I grew up with this stuff, you know, like a lot of people did. And seeing, finally seeing that war at the end, there's a moment where they all just start attacking each other, you know? I was like tearing up and it wasn't even a sad part. I was just like, I was just like, I can't believe this car, this stupid Marvel car that I had in 1991 of this scene is being played out in front of me and they're like not fucking it up. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I was like, this is crazy. But yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I like, I like homecoming a lot too. I thought far from home was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like uh, far from home, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I even like the, the first Avengers movie, you know, like Same. the first one I think is really that's in my strong. top five. I think that's really strong still. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a big MCU fan. I kind of felt like I needed to take a break though after, I agree after Endgame, And so seeing far from home was hard because I felt like that didn't need to come out as quickly no. as it did. I don't know why they did that. And no, I don't my, know why my, they were my brother was saying that before Endgame came out. Cause it was really confusing. Cause you knew Peter Parker obviously mm-hmm. lives, but you know, you gotta make those movies. You gotta but make there's those not going to be another you know? one until, so, um, yeah, well that's why next I just year. thought, why, 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 why not? Uh, yeah. Wait? Like I think my, my brother was saying that like, why didn't they just do this like on new year's or like for, like for, um, for Christmas or something like that. Like at least you'd have six well, months I thought, or something. I thought they were going to do this really bold thing, which they did not do, which is <laughs> suicide on their part probably. But was, I thought far from home was just going to be like a total mislead that they want people to think that that movie was coming out and that, Spider-Man that Tom Holland like does die in this movie oh my God. game. I really, I was like, what that they, they made up, that? like they made up they a just movie. The, they threw the trailer out there because it was just a trailer. Most of that's special effects anyways. That would be, I thought suicide. that would be, I thought that that was going to be like a huge mislead. No, you didn't. These I did. And I think that these companies, um, you know, they don't have the balls to do stuff like that. No, they no, don't. Really, no, but no. the MCU, I feel like they would. I could see them doing something like that. Hey, man, they still like, got a bottom line at the end home, of the day. Have Far From Home come out, but everything we saw was not real to mislead people to think hey, that it this, sounds this, like this, that's this, in line with the themes of the movie. Well, you know, there is one. I have one bone to pick with the MCU. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Back Listen up, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, if you're listening. Mr. Feige. Mr. Feige. You're a, you're a kinghead. <laughs> is he a kinghead? Someone talked. No, I don't know. Someone ta- someone mentioned that uh, the trailers for these movies were um, that they they weren't in- going to be indicative of the movie that they were they were trailers to get people excited to come out to see the movie but the stuff that they were seeing in the trailers wasn't necessarily going to be in the movie and this all goes back to the Infinity War trailer where a lot of that trailer is not in the movie. There's like sequences where everybody's running towards the monsters that fight at the end of Infinity War and, and and the Hulk's running with them. The Hulk's not in the movie. Yeah. He never turns on the Hulk. So it's like stuff like that. I think when you're, when you're at, when you're, when you're purposely misleading an audience and just showing them cool shit. So they come see your movie, but then you don't have that in the movie. I do not like that. And I hope that companies and studios and the MCU do not continue to follow that trade. I understand if it's a, if you're trying to mislead the audience about like one thing, like one little thing or something like, okay, sure. But you know what? Don't even put that in the trailer. You know what I mean? Like, just don't do it. Hear that Kev? Yeah, listen. better make a change. Represent your, represent your films. If your films aren't good enough in the first place, then you, then don't doctor a trailer so you can get. What are you? What are you excited for in Phase Four? 
I'm also excited, uh, like Luan, for uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. I love yeah. Taika Waititi. I, I love his whole shit. I, I look. I think it's great that they're going with the modern comic and having Jane play Thor. Uh-huh. But Natalie Portman literally looked like like she like. There's photos of her, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe she's gonna be Thor and stuff like that." But this is an actress that had no interest in being. No, part she of the has MCU. no interest, and this is absolutely a paycheck. And the thing that distinguishes everyone else in the original phase, whatever one through three, is that they're all on board. They're all into it. all the main heroes. They're all yeah. into it. And I just, I'm also just not a huge fan of Natalie Portman. So well, hey, I, I know, just think that's going to be. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them. Maybe, maybe it's a big mislead. I'm not, and now I'm being really Enough serious. Not with this mislead no, talk. I, I, None maybe, of that is true. There's the no mislead. Maybe she's in the movie. No, maybe they she's gave Jane. her the hammer. They said she's maybe, Thor. I'm, I'm sure. They're not misleading no, because, us. Because that makes Chris, no sense. Because Chris, Chris is in the film. <laughs> He's going to be Thor. I'm saying is if they are, if they end up actually giving this to Tessa Thompson. That would be interesting. A lot, because yeah. there's a lot of because she's obviously down. Yeah, in game exactly. And I people think it's like kind her. of like I think that she's Jane, literally I think, standing there. I'm waiting not to saying be Thor. that I'm not saying that Natalie Portman won't be Thor at one point in that movie, but I don't know if she continues. I think that she it's very possible that she hands the, the hammer over to Tess Thompson at the very end of that movie because that's then then we're finally done with her character. We didn't just write her off into Mandy Land. Yeah, and like oh, you know, you know who they did that to is Betty Brant. Oh, where where'd she go? Where's Liv, Liv, where's Liv Tyler? Uh, you know, Betty Brandt. Well, from, they, they had to, di- they, you know, I will say Liv this. Tyler? She was Betty in Brand. The Incredible Hulk with yeah. Edward Norton. Oh, I see. I didn't see that. However, uh, the only character I cared about them bringing over, they, they brought over. <laughs> yeah. Who? General? <laughs> the general. <laughs> Who's the general? <laughs> Who was William. played by Sam Elliott uh, in, in the Eric Bonner, uh, um <laughs> Honestly, no, no. This is this, so. Here's my theory. But it's it's William, this Hurt, is, William Hurt. Here's, Hurt. here's the thing. Oh. Here's what's crazy about the Hulk series is that you could argue that 2003's Hulk is still canon in the MCU. They are my that. Here's my. I would if, Nick, my, if that means that Nick Nolte is still attached. Oh, to this I love it. Way. Oh yeah, get away, get away, you fuck. You got nothing on me. You're my, you're my son. Fine, I'll um, do it. But here's the thing: at the end of of Angley's Hulk. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Eric Bana is in South America dealing with all the, you know, the, the, um, they definitely the tried to tie that in. Absolutely. And an incredible that's Hulk, how he's down there. Norton, that's how that starts. Yeah. They definitely tried to tie that in. So, I, I know. I would love to see like Eric Bana come back and be like an alternate. Well, cause here's the, the I think the, okay, here's yeah, my, my exciting thing about the fourth. Um, <laughs> Randall's really upset. About <laughs> I really, I really hit a nerve. Unfortunately, no, you're just like no, you're spitting conspiracy think, theories. No, about but the I think a lot. Of, but here's the thing: a lot but, of that, those weird, wild theories are coming true in this thing. Like, well, well, the Doctor Strange movie, which I, I, I thought Doctor Strange was okay. I didn't yeah. love it. I it's thought I, well, I, I it's liked, gonna be a horror. Movie. I liked him in the. I liked him in the. Um, uh, the in game and all that stuff. I did too. Yeah, but I think that the multiverse movie that he's like helming, uh, he and uh, Scarlet Witch. Um, I think that that is going to be a really cool way to do stuff like that, where maybe we do see, you know, Eric Bana as Hulk, or you know, we have these, yeah, these parallel. I mean, universe, they could. And they, multiverse Tony versions. Wire comes back. You know, and, why not? They were talking about. They've been talking about that already with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire possibly reprising their roles in like a like a. Yeah. But that's a way to do that without ripping off Spider Verse. Well, that's also you just kind of throw it in there as like a total side little side plot in well, in the, a Doctor Strange movie. Fun, fun, fun. 
but Spider-Verse needs to be its own thing. Well, they I, all, I really like Well, they also have, and this is one thing I'm really excited about, is that series What If, which is basically my favorite that's, part of the comics. that's an animated series, right? I don't know if it's I'm animated. Sure it's because animated. Jeffrey Wright yeah, is Jeffrey hosting Wright's it. Doing this. Yeah, so it's animated. Is it animated? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's for well, little babies. Well, that's if it is, cool then that would be kind of a fun way to like bring back some of these people and stuff, too. But either way, I'm not a huge fan of the MCU. I did have to cover that for uh, Consequence of Sound, and uh, it was a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, give me Mahershala Ali's Blade, and I'll call it a day. Um, You're not into that? No, I am. That's the only, oh. I mean, I'm, but they don't have, well, that's I not even confirmed the, yet. the best news is, was the news at the end. With uh, the end of the conference. Oh, X-Men no, no. and no, no, X-Men no, and Fantastic Four? that garbage. When... Uh, <laughs> When when Mister Mister Cruz came out with sunglasses, oh my and said, and took the sunglasses off and said, "I'm going to be Kang the Conqueror." Oh Lord, where is Kang the Conqueror? Not we gonna, need Kang in the MCU Cruise universe. Is that role? Uh, I just want to see Cruz as a villain in the MCU. Um, I think that I, he'd I be too. a really good villain. I just villain. want Cruz as a villain in general. Yeah, I think that he'd be really good. Uh, collateral remake uh, from Dennis Dugan. Oh Jesus um, Christ! So let you know, me hey, say, funny enough, uh, Adam Sandler was supposed to be in Collateral. No shit. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play Jamie Foxx's role. I'd watch it. I would too. Um, the movie I'm looking most forward to, I just want to see what they do with Fantastic Four because holy shit, has that shit been a dud every yeah. time they've tried? Uh, good luck, boys, is what I got to say. <laughs> I love the X-Men universe, and I would love to have the X-Men come into the Marvel universe, I but think give me like five wait. or yeah. six years. We need so, to wait on yeah. that. Christine Spa asks, amongst the King works, has there been one that was a real struggle to complete or one that you couldn't get through? I recently tried the Talisman, but it just wasn't holding my attention and now I feel guilty about not finishing it. What King books, not Bachman have you started and not completed and why? That's one uh, of them for me. That's what talisman is one of them. For talisman. Me. I tried reading that uh, when you guys were all on it and I, I just, I couldn't get into it. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a big talus, talus head mm. and, uh, I, I stand by that book, but I think that you should, you should come to the thing is with the King with King books and, and I will, this is my little story. Pet Cemetery is one for me. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is like I have I have an attached I have an attached like story behind the scenes thing with that book, uh, and that story in general. So it was like it was hard for me to get through it. I only read I think a hundred pages, and I just couldn't I couldn't do it. And then when I wasn't on the episode, I just I gave it up. I think because I was reading the Talisman next, and I was like I need all the time I can get to read the Talisman. But um, I would say with some of these books, I think you have to come to it when you have the drive to read it. Like, uh, I think you come come back around to the talisman. I'm a talisman head as well. But the thing is, I liked it a lot less upon this reread than I did when I was a kid. I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this reread was was a rough one. I can see why people struggle with that book. It's, I, Christine it's, was another one for me. Yeah, see, that's wild because I love that one too, yeah, but I didn't reread yeah. it when you guys did it. For me, uh, the couple that popped to mind is The Running Man, even yeah. though it's short. I no, thought no, that no, was the Bachman. They said no, no Bachman. Oh, no Bachman. Okay, no Bachman. well, we'll file that one in. The other one would be... Um, Oh God, I'm blanking. What was it? It was, uh, it wasn't, oh, oh, oh. I mean, we haven't covered it on the pod yet, but Dr. Sleep, uh, Uh, when I tried to read Dr. Sleep, when it came out, good Lord, that thing is, is rough. I can't wait to read it. I know. I mean, maybe I'll like it more now. All I remember is that I love the first 50 pages and then it just went downhill, but you know, I'll give it another shot. 
um, as we get as we get closer to that episode. So, uh, so I'm going to take the next question, and, and I'm just going to put a little spoiler alert in here because this is this is dives into our next book, The Wastelands. Uh, Michelle Pesentino writes, "I've been really looking forward to your episode on the Wastelands, as it's my favorite Dark Tower book. So I'm pumped. It's almost." Time. At the beginning of that book, the Katet takes down Shardik the bear. If you could swap the bear with another guardian of the beam, <laughs> which one would you want to see Roland, Eddie, and Susanna up against? There's a lot of guardians of the beam that don't show up at all ever. Uh, what about what do you guys think? The rat. The rat. You want to see rat. you want to see them fight the rat? Beam well, of the hey, rat. That is what we always do. So I love the rat. I gotta say, I would love to see them. Battle the fish. Ah, Beam of the fish. The, go fish splash in the water. Well, that would require would some aquatic the, horror. Well, I think this day and age, you know, you've got it. You've got to traverse all the land. We've got the desert down. <laughs> we haven't done the water. Let's let's get them in there. It'll be a, the third. It'll be we can tie it into the into the, the the DC universe and tie it into the old Aquaman franchise. <laughs> That'd be great. We got to get somehow get uh, Annabelle in there too. All right. Well, um, let's go on to the next one from Lena Rose. Which King novel would you recommend to someone who's not particularly a fan of horror? My first thought was 112263, but the beginning of that one is pretty horrific with the janitor's description of his father massacring his family. Um, I would honestly, I would say Dead Zone. Yeah, me I too. think Dead Zone is 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 scary at times, but I wouldn't call it horror necessarily. No, it's and it's, dra- it's yeah. straight drama. With yeah. Yeah, and it's with a, a science fiction aspect. And it was one of our favorite books that we've probably read on the pod. So I mean, there are definitely some creepy elements to it. I mean, like the fact that he detects ghosts in certain locations sure. is pretty creepy. But yeah, for the most part, it's a love it's it's a love story and honestly King's best book, top to bottom. So, you know. There you go. Can't go wrong. Uh somebody in the comments also mentioned the girl who loved Tom Gordon, which I think mm. is you know Yeah, you're not a big fan of that one. I don't like it. But I mean, I might like it more if I read it now. I, I didn't like it. I wanted horror, I wanted balls to the wall horror and gore when I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't want like some road some, work. I didn't want some oh, little God. dud walking through the woods. Um, okay, so, yeah. so Jake Wall asks, kind of a strange question, but what's a King book you wish was better? As in a concept that you think is really cool or interesting, but wasn't executed to its fullest extent. I'll say Cell. Yeah. I think Cell could have been a really cool book in the end. I mean, hey, it's a page turner. I had a lot of fun reading it and pretty much read it in one sitting, so hey, I can't fault it that much. But Holy shit! Does that book go off the rails? And you, you wait—you haven't read Cell, right? Nope, that's okay. one of my my blank spots. Yeah, there, there's a point in that book where the it all feels like a King story, and then all of a sudden it gets into this like really weird, almost YA territory where you're like, "What the fuck are they doing here?" And uh-huh. like, it just becomes a little too Marvelish. Like, interesting. Yeah. So for me, that would be one that I would love. I, I would like to see a tighter version. For me rage because mm. I like the idea of King writing a school shooting story because I think that's interesting and that is a very particular brand of horror I mean of course I'm looking at it through our lens where it's more of a an emergency now than it was back then but I like the idea of King writing something about that sort of you know particularly American horror but uh, rage it, it ain't it chief as the kids say and then I would also say thinner uh, see I like thinner but yeah get, get, you know if you if you get rid of um, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, uh, which obviously gets an upgrade from Joe Montana in the movie, the, in the book it's awful. And it's just yeah. It's no. well, I just I don't like a lot. Of, I don't know. It's like for me, I like the central hook of of thinner, but I don't love the book. So yeah, yeah. I don't love like the way he approaches the neat idea of it all. So mm. uh, yeah, I was gonna say thinner or even. 
I'm a big fan of aliens. I, I think Tommy knockers fails mm-hmm. mostly, but I like, I really love the idea. I think that's why I, as a kid, I like forced myself to like try to love the miniseries when I watched it because I was really big into aliens and I loved X files. And I was just like, man, this idea is really creepy. And that opening, you know, uh, when you see Bobby in the, oh, not Bobby, but um, when you're in the woods, oh no, it's, it's Bobby. When you see Bobby turn around and like this, the idea of like losing yourself to something like that um, is really creepy, but I just felt like it fell flat. Hey, in the book. eat shit. Um, next question. Courtney Hahn, what moment from the adult half of it are you most looking forward to in chapter two? I can't wait to the Paul Bunyan moment personally. I'm really excited for the motel sequence or the hotel sequence yeah. when, you know, they get the, when Tom comes in and, you know, finds them and stuff like that. I, I think that's going to be a really, that was my favorite part in the book, like yeah. for the adults and just cause it's so thrilling and I'm interested to see how they do it in modern day. Cause mm-hmm. it's a lot of, it's just like, I can't reach so-and-so. Yeah. So I'm wondering how they pull that off. But for me, uh, unsurprising, I want to see how they handle my boy, Henry Bowers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing that. is, I don't love how they do it in the book. Like I, I'm, I'm fairly disappointed with how Henry is handled in the latter part of the book. I think there's interesting moments. It's especially shitty in the miniseries. Um, but in the book, I don't love it either. He just kind of, you know, like, stabs someone and yeah. then, and then gets killed. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, and so, <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we did the we book. Already we already know. did the book. Yeah, we did the book. Come on. Um, so, but I, I love the sequence they showed in the trailer uh, with Henry Bowers where he's in the mental institution. He's being kind of dragged by Orleys and you see the balloon floating by. That's a really cool image. Um, I know there, I've seen a set photo where they show him getting in the car with yeah. Belch. So I know that they're kind of, you know, going to be doing that storyline. So I'm curious. Is and it I, kid Belch or is it uh, uh, That I don't know. So I'm curious. I mean, I would assume it'd be Kid Belch because that's how it was in the book and the miniseries. But I would say that I like that they cast somebody a little bit younger because the guy who, you know, they cast like an old ass man mm-hmm. in the, and I get like the point was that he had aged, you know, and that his white hair had turned white and everything. But, but I like that they cast somebody younger who can be more of a, like a genuine menace. Yeah. Um, yeah. something yeah. I'm into. So yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they'll handle it, especially because they kind of, in my opinion, they kind of fucked up how they handle Henry in the movie too, by just having Mike push him down the, the well. And then you never see him again. I'm curious to see how they handle sort of what happened to him, you know, because clearly they have some explaining to do. Yeah. So, Mac. A scene I don't think will be in the movie, but I really would love to see them do it and see what they do with it is the sweat, the sweat lodge. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Because I think that that's a really cool, subtle way to to nod that there's an otherworldly aspect of this or even to an, another nod to the turtle without actually full-on doing that mm-hmm. in the movie because there's already been a bunch of turtle references and nods in the first one. Yeah. Um, but I would have loved to see what they did with that. And, yeah, I think Henry... Seeing what they do um, with that and the Hanlon stuff. Oh, also, who has the dream? Um, I think it's Belch comes over the fence in the baseball outfit. Oh, that's Eddie. Is that Eddie? I'm interested in Eddie's dream. Because you don't see that in the trailer, right? And I'm really interested to see if that works because that did not work for me in the book. I think that's a place where they could improve. Well, we'll find out on... (laughs) What was it? September September 19th? September 6th. Um, All right. Glenn. Not Glenn Bateman. Glenn Stroud. Yeah. What are some of your favorite horror releases this year that are not King properties? Uh, what possible King influences you saw in it, if any? Um, honestly, I don't think it's been a great year for horror. I don't either. Um, I didn't see Crawl yet, which I, I heard love, is good. I loved Crawl. 
Um, I, I really, I really liked Midsommar, um, not as much as Hereditary, and I was really disappointed. I, I wasn't really disappointed, but I was in- underwhelmed by Us. Yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I liked Midsommar a lot more than I think the rest of you. I really like that. When I think about King influences, I don't see a ton. No. Um, I think Ari Aster's approach is very different than King. No. Um, but I really liked Midsommar. Uh, I like what it made me think about. I like the visuals of it. Um, honestly, it's been such kind of a meh year for horror, in my opinion. I didn't love Us either. I liked Us. I think mm-hmm. it's really well shot, and I think it's really well acted, and it's funny, and it's, it still kind of represents Jordan Peele's sort of unique sensibility that I think is really important and interesting, but I, I just I think that movie kind of falls apart in the final act. It does, yeah. And then um, Pet Cemetery was a huge disappointment in my mind. Uh, and then well, what King influences do you see in that movie? No, <laughs> no I, um, the other one uh, I would say is I saw a movie. Um, I like on. the Ranger on shutter. I thought that was a fun one. That it, came out last year, right? I think it was, it dropped on shutter this year. So I don't know what, how, when we would have it, but I had a lot of fun with that one. And I've been revisiting that a bunch on shutter, but, um, in terms of like, Original horror releases beyond that. I mean, like the Curse of Lorna sucked. Yeah, what surprise? I'd say the uh, Annabelle comes home. It's not good, but I had fun watching it. Mm -hmm. I think that it, it at least delivers in terms of jump scares and like you know that kind of like you know. Uh, bottom of the barrel horror where it's like, well, you know, we're just going to, you know, introduce some stupid fucking uh, wedding dress that yeah. is haunted and then it jumps at you and it's got a knife, you know, it works in that kind of sense. Which um, is the wedding dress thing seems to be coming from the Crystal of Lorna also, though. Yeah, because probably. it's yeah, they're trying to make it a whole, whole MCU universe. thing. I will say there was a movie I caught at Cinepocalypse, the film festival called uh, Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary, which is, uh, I know, a very funny, very funny name. Uh, it's wait, where was it from? It's from. Hold on one second. It's from. I caught another one versus, that that was at Cinepocalypse too that I'll talk about. That's that does definitely have some King influences that are tied to it. Oh, neat. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I guess like this movie. I, I I'm not finding. I, I know it's from overseas somewhere. It's a European horror movie, but it's it's very much like a splatter comedy. It's uh, Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary. It's about like a group of like amateur ghost hunters who are trying to like be famous on YouTube, looking at ghosts, but they're like total frauds and they're total goofs. And they get invited to this school to deal with the Bloody Mary that's like haunting the school. And then of course it ends up being real, but it's like buckets and buckets and buckets of gore, and it's really funny, really goofy, and genuinely a few times like kind of scary it's a really neat movie i'm pretty sure it's heading to netflix i know it's on netflix like overseas like in europe it's already on it and um i've heard that it's going to come to the u.s and that is like to me a very quirky strange uh one-of-a-kind horror movie that i really liked coming out of cinepocalypse i saw brightburn oh yeah and uh i was underwhelmed by that um yeah i'm with you on all those other movies i think that it hasn't been a great year i just i was when i was looking up horror films on uh, google and in this giant list of horror films they put Booksmart. <laughs> uh so i thought that, that was pretty good um, yeah it hasn't been a great year um for horror at all. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Go see I, I, Crawl. There's nothing I can't... Yeah, I oh, want to see know, Crawl. I still haven't I thought seen that it. there were moments of Velvet Buzzsaw that were really good, that were really... T- scary. Scary and yeah. weird. 
but the movie as a whole Oof, just kind of failed at the end of it. It was a bit of a mess. Did you think the robot thing was creepy? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like yeah. when he's in that hallway, I was I think there was a lot, like, I, there's a a lot of that. There's a lot of the horror that works. It's just like it had no clue what movie it was. It was like yeah. one minute's a horror movie, but one minute's about this it's about the art and the artist. Yeah, satire. And I was like, Oh, I'm actually really invested in all these movies if they were all separate movies and focused. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, and he yeah. also didn't star whatever Jake Jalen Hall was trying to do with that character because he was doing oh, I the love same. Jake. I love Jake, love Jake. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like him and Okja, like his two characters that like get oh, out. Uh, give him give him. Okay. Uh, uh, Glenn also asked, "What are some what are your favorite non horror movie release of 2019?" And I'm just gonna say, "Oh, so I, oh, wait, I to go back on oh, that, um, yeah. the one of the movie I did see at Cinepocalypse was The Lodge, and that movie, oh yeah, is um, this actually ties into my favorite non horror movie, which is, it, it, I mean, it's not a non, I mean, it is a horror movie, but like this is my favorite film of the year. Wow, it's, the, it's so good. Riley Keough is just it's the best performance she's delivered. Nice, um, very. It's the same directors who did Good Night, Mommy, and I did not like that movie, and but I did like this one. The twist is great um i do love um the the sort of isolation horror that's part of it that definitely ties into i mean you watch this movie the first thing you're going to think of is, is the shining yeah so um and you know it's very self-aware about what its influences are but at the same time not to the point where it's like meta and very like you know dan Harmonish about it so i i really love that one and for me yeah that is is it, you don't even have to like love it for the horror elements. It's like a genuinely good movie. So cool. I'm yeah. excited to see that. I yeah. haven't had a chance yet. Non horror. I saw and loved once upon a time in Hollywood. Love that this movie. past weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Excellent. Absolutely adore it. Um, I can't, I, I hear the criticisms cause I think people are kind of falling all over themselves to criticize it. Uh, I hear it. Um, I still love it. It's, it's to me, it's, it's wistful. It's funny. It's violent. It's, uh, it's kind of a little bit of everything. And I, every time, like, you know, I forget how good of an actor Leonardo DiCaprio He's is. So good, man. And then you see this movie and you're like, holy but, fucking but shit. Honestly, the same thing with Brad Pitt. I totally blanked. Like it's absolutely once upon a time is number one for me right now. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. Like I, I think like what really carries that film for me is this, the, it's just how, how married to the moods everyone is in this film. Yeah. Like everyone is exactly where they need to be, including Tarantino and like the, what they're kind of wrestling with the themes in this movie, um, and parallel with their own life. Like, I think there's something really like personal about it. And I think yeah. that personal touch really speaks in a lot of ways in this film. I mean, especially through Tarantino and there's just a lot of meditative moments in this movie that he's never really put on screen before. Yeah. And I love the tranquility of it. And I love what everyone's kind of, you know, chewing on. And honestly, I was really worried about Brad Pitt because, you know, as the years go tick by, I just revisited uh, Inglourious Bastards last night. Yeah. And I still have a problem with Brad Pitt in that movie because I, I, he's funny, he's great, but he also takes me out of like he's cartoon. Yeah, yeah, he's not that in one. No, of he's time. not at all. And I was worried about that. And now, honestly, like his performance here is so affecting and so human and so back to why we loved Brad Pitt in the '90s in the first place. And so, yeah, I, I God, that movie's fucking great. I love Just it. Love it. I want. I, I need to see it in seventy millimeter. I haven't seen it yet, though. Yeah, it's awesome. Mac, any thoughts? It's sad. I'm just like running through all these films and I just, there's nothing, there's a, there were a lot of promising movies, movies that I was really excited to like see. Yeah. But other than like, you know what, like Endgame came out this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I like we Far From Home. I, I like the Elven game. game. Um, but I like Booksmart. I think Booksmart's you know, really good. There are I a did lot not of get to see Booksmart. Yeah. I, like, I, there was movies I've seen this year, but apparently they came out last year. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you know, like some foreign films they finally made it their way over here, like Transit. That was really good. But yeah, there was there are a lot of films I saw at South by Southwest that I really like that haven't come out yet. Uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, in Adopt a Highway. Oh yeah. Logan oh Marshall yeah. Art of Self Defense. I saw over there that I really liked. I really want to see that one too. It's really good. Yeah. The yeah, that's a good recommendation. Is Jesse Eisenberg in Art of Self Defense? which I thought was dark and quirky and strange and, and kind of very timely um, while also being timeless, which is something I liked about it. So not a perfect movie, but something I enjoyed a lot. So Cool. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, Laura McBride asked, do you think we're in a golden age or renaissance of horror? Not just Stephen King, but the genre as a whole. With its proliferation, do you think the quality of movies and shows is there, is there or is something lacking? Would you specifically recommend any lesser known movies or shows? I feel like we kind of touched on this a little bit. I think it's kind of been not a great year for horror. Yeah, um, no, I, I don't think it has been a very good year for horror. I don't think it, I don't think it's a renaissance as much as it is. People are like, oh, horror's making money. And everyone's cashing in yeah. on it now. Because there's a lot of horror doesn't mean it's necessarily good. But you know what? Also, on that flip side of that coin, you're going to get some good movies here and there. I would say show-wise, I, I got to just say, again, it's not necessarily this year, but Dark is great. so good. It's great. <laughs> and it's like twisted and just... I wouldn't, it's not even a horror, but it's, it's, it's really great. I, I honestly think that what's great about horror right now is that it's, it's in vogue, you know, and, and I think that could be a dangerous thing, but I think right now it's a really great thing. And I think that there are a lot of really cool communities that are forming. I think what Shutter's been doing, not to oh, just, yeah. you know, promote, I think it's been awesome. Uh, I mean, I live by that service. I, 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 I work around it, uh, cause I just always have it in the background, but Tell them to I, sponsor us. I know. Right. And, but what I love about it is, you know, what like Joe Bob did like every Friday night for when he did his uh, season for the last drive and it was so much fun. And like, you know, like the whole, like, uh, you know, the mutant family, like on Twitter, like every Friday that was so much fun, like, like connecting with people and just feeling like you're, you're, you're part of like some sort of like quote unquote movement, even though there's not really like any initiative per se, just to actually just enjoy and relish the idea that we like to be scared. We like to enjoy the gore. We like to, it's that, that aspect has been the most like, you know, revelatory aspect of horror right now for this year per se. Like, but I also think a lot of the stuff that's being developed is very interesting too. You know, like the fact that, you know, we're, we're seeing some more adaptations, the fact that we're seeing, um, you know, some things returning to the fold and there are more discussions that seem to be, be discussed on horror. Like, you know, the fact that Midsommar is still being talked about and having uh, essays that are being published, like literally a month after yeah, that's release. A, that's awesome. really awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, and the fact, and like us is still being on it and, I, and the, the return of Fangoria and having like, Paul Thomas Anderson talking to fucking Jordan Peele. I mean, that's fucking awesome. That's awesome. Like, that's really cool. So, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's definitely that sort of like, and we're also community. getting all these King adaptations that, I mean, I think we're at the point now where, you know, for a while, a lot of what was being made was really good. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're hitting that point of saturation where they're making a lot of Stephen King adaptations now. And the fidelity, I think, is going to start flying out the window a little yeah. bit. Uh, I think we saw that with Pet Cemetery, which to me was kind of an egregious... Um, uh, an interesting idea that was egregiously manifested. Um, I really hated that movie. I you know you tell. really, hate I it. hate it. Like I can't even put into words how much I hate that wow. movie. I guess we weren't around when, well actually, no, I can put it into words cause I wrote a whole, I wrote like a 2000 word piece about it on 80 <laughs> club. So you can go read that. Um, so, uh, but I will say that 
I agree, and I'm excited. But you know, we hear about short stories of King getting made, and Eyes of the Dragon being made, The Outsiders getting made, like new stuff, old stuff, short stuff, long stuff. It's all getting made, and I think that's kind of exciting because, hey, man, it can't all be bad. Something in there is going to be a gem. So <laughs> I think there's going to be a gem, and it'll be something surprising. It'll probably be like, like Eyes of the Dragon, Doctor Sleep, Doctor Sleep. You know, because yeah, yeah. I, I trust Flanagan with King's material, and I, you know, I'm I'm like going into that really optimistic. Well, hey, speaking of Doctor Sleep, yeah. Uh, Brianna Aguilar, uh, <laughs> she asks, I have been trying to convince my partner to watch The Shining for years now, especially with Dr. Sleep coming out. He's been against it, saying even King doesn't like it. He hasn't read the book, so he doesn't really understand the ideological differences that make King <laughs> very against the Kubrick version. I am afraid that if I convince him to watch it eventually, he will hate it. It's hard for me to imagine anyone hating it, but its slow pace is unlike anything in modern horror that I feel may be off-putting. Have you guys ever had to really, really convince someone to read slash watch something King or not King related that turned out really good or really awful? And any advice on how I can convince him to watch? Here's the thing. Oh, wait. Go. Uh, no, I was going to say, my advice... Don't convince him because he won't, even if he likes it, he's not going to admit that he liked it. So let, you gotta let, you got to let people come to these things on their own is my experience. I've been, I have been forced to watch things by my older brother and I've come around on a lot of it, you know? Um, but, uh, I, you just, you, 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 just let just let him come to it. If he doesn't come to it, it's his loss. I think you just even appreciate his heart. It's too hard. That's the thing. It's just, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just as equally confounded because it's just, it's such a, it, it's such an iconic film. So even if you appreciate the medium, I just feel like you'd want to see what is all the hubbub about it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's like, I think there is that fear too when you're, when you're with someone, when you show them something you love and you're, you know, I always try to be very good about like when I show my wife stuff, I'm like, I'm like, if she doesn't like it, it's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah. Well, then we and get divorced. Like, well, when I showed her Mulholland Drive, which is like top five film for me, I adore that film. She hated it. And so that was really hard for me because like, I think that movie is sort of like a real pinnacle of art in many ways. And so which movie did you show her? Mulholland Drive, oh, David yeah, Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that one was tough for me. But then another time I tricked her into watching Session Nine. I told her I it was a, that movie, I told her it was a thriller. Yeah. And then uh well, about, it is. I have yeah, but about uh, halfway into it or about a half hour into it. Burn. She just goes she just goes, This is a horror movie, isn't it? And I was like, Yes it is, but she ended up really liking it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's you like, win some, you, you win some, you lose some. But I think you always have to like allow grace for people to be like I this is this sounds crazy for me to say. But you, I think this is what we don't have in our culture right now. And I see this as somebody, and you do too, somebody who works for a pop culture site. Uh, everybody, people are more mad about the fictional things they love than they are about the real things in their oh, life. Oh, totally. People will, this is like my entire existence is just getting yelled at by people because I don't have the right take on X, Y, and Z. But, but here's the reason why. And it's and it goes in tandem with the things that, that are real that they yeah. should be hating. Is that, is that it's their escape. There's a personality that they've attached to it because, you know, you're, That's you're cracking. Oh, it is totally unhealthy. Yeah. But this is an unhealthy world we live in. So it's this <laughs> weird catch-22 that we're in right now where we're like, people are obsessed with things that aren't real in our fiction, which is why you're having these huge blockbusters and why the, you know, escapism is at its all-time high. 
And so for someone to sit there and be the hater, uh-huh. you're ruining their escape and well, they don't have to face reality. <laughs> but also well, most of the time I'm not even hating. We yeah. live in a culture now where if you give something a B, it's an F. Oh yeah. And absolutely. this is what I hate. And yeah. like, I think it's pathetic and weird and strange when you base your entire life around fictional things as a host of a Stephen King podcast. <laughs> I, I say well, that. But, hey, but no, but we are, this is, I was discussing this the other day with someone and, and, uh, and with my, with actually with my girlfriend and we were talking about like, there are people out there that just like blindly love things. And a lot of it is in like the horror genre. Like there, yeah. you see a lot of people, especially in just genre writing itself itself is like, this is awesome. This is great. Let's look at this, look at this photo of this old movie and have like no critical consensus on it. And yeah. like maybe then that's like the new thing now. It's and like, I hate people that. don't want any critical consensus. They want to just, or analyze an analysis. They just want to like talk about what's great about things. And maybe that's for some people, but for me, it's, I just didn't grow up that way. Like I, 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 ha- I, I will see like imperfections and I want to talk about those. And I think those are almost more interesting than what's great about things. Right. And in the end, I appreciate that about my wife because she has like a really strong critical eye. Mm -hmm. She doesn't just like everything. Yeah. It would drive me fucking crazy. Like we live in this world where we're defined by Buzzfeed headlines, which is like, Oh my God, this person did this and I totally died or I'm screaming. Oh my God. Uh, Pennywise popped out of the wall and I'm screaming. And it's just kind of like my reaction. I know. And I hate it. Like, I'm just so, I feel like, and this is me just ranting because I'm pissed off about stuff that happened at work today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just saying, say. I'm just annoyed because I feel like, um, I feel like there is a lack of nuance to discussion about pop culture today. And people just like want everybody to love everything or hate everything based on sort of the prevailing moods. And, um, and if you mildly criticize anything, you are called a hater. And, and I think that Stan culture in general is really ugly and weird and it results in a lot of harassment and weirdness. And I'm just like, I think that it's so good in life to have like a critical eye, which is why I like our podcast because this isn't a stand podcast this is a uh we love stephen king but we also know what is good about stephen king and what we struggle with about stephen king and that to me is interesting if you really wanted to watch the shining find an edit that doesn't have the title credits and just tell them you're going to watch prince avalanche or Prince five Av- easy pieces. Prince Avalanche. What the fuck? The Paul Thomas Anderson. Wait, no, yeah, is that Paul Thomas? Because it, it's, it's, it's Woods. Oh, David Gordon Green. It's Woods centric, and they won't Prince know until Avalanche. you're already into That's it. That's the true. movie you come up with. Or you say five easy pieces. Just, exp- just, and so when Jack Nicholson shows up, he doesn't think anything of it. Yeah, and then when they start finally talking about the hotel. You know, what can you do? Anyways, well, sorry I, for can, rant. Sorry for ranting about a bunch of dumb I shit. I say is just you know, thank God for the rain and uh, just for the know, rain. Yes, yeah, he'll wash away the garbage and trash what are you off like the Travis sidewalk. Bickle right now? <laughs> All right, Evan Purcell asks. You guys recently mentioned the Rick and Morty parody of Needful Things, which is hilarious. But what is your favorite spoof of Stephen King in pop culture? Um, I don't know. I always this is really stupid, and I hate Family Guy, but I I, I genuinely chuckle at the oh. Family Guy bit where hey, they're like, well, they're just how. <laughs> Freaking sweet. Freaking sweet. I always remember when you were reading a section from Stephen King in our, in our, in our pet cemetery episode, when you were reading a section uh, from the book and you said Lois instead of Lewis. And I immediately, and like you're in the middle of reading it and I could not go Lois. Oh, Hey there, Cleveland. Just ruin the whole fucking thing. Um, No, I would say there is a bit where like it's Stephen King's publisher and he's just like, Oh, do you have a new book for me? And then Stephen is like, Oh, what about a haunted uh, lamp? And he grabs the lamp. That to me was kind of funny. Even if I feel like it's very reductive of King, I will say that it makes me chuckle when I think about it. I I don't think anything from, I think it, nothing ties, 
tops the uh, the Simpsons doing the shooting. Oh yeah, the shooting is it. amazing. It's so good. It's yeah, so yeah that's what I was me, gonna but, say. You know. I'm trying to think of, of the other ones. But, I mean, there's a bunch out there. I mean, I guess cartoon wise, it's not yeah. really a parody, but I love in um, Ready Player One the shell shining section. It's oh, not yeah. a parody, but it's like it's sort of an homage, and I, I just like that. That a lot. was that was one of my favorite moments in pop culture in 2018. Just yeah. like all of us together, and, yeah, it was just a good moment. That was but, really fun. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. But, yeah, anyway, uh, Jenny so. Marie Chimay Cataray. Um, if I said that right, I've been tossing around different King inspired tattoos. I think I've settled on a variation of bird and bear and hair and fish. If you guys had to get a Stephen King tattoo, what would you get and where? You don't have to get one because Mike has one. I do have one, and I, I got it actually a year ago or uh, two weekends ago. And um, it's a uh, the state, the state of Maine. No, that's not a reference to the uh, William H Macy movie. Oh, um, Alec Baldwin, but, yeah, and Alec Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> but it also has it's uh, it's it's uh, it's Maine. It's like a black and white just frame of Maine with uh, Cujo Paw for Castle Rock. Cooge. Cooge. And uh, you have this the exact uh, bat symbol that's on um, King's, uh, King's Gate. Oh, okay. uh, and then oh, that's, is that what that is? Yeah, and I thought, I thought it was representing Barlow. It well, it does. It's supposed okay, to be for okay, sale. Yeah. But I took it. I took the symbol from. I thought it was uh, from uh, uh, CS. Batman. And then oh, I wish it was Batman. Um, <laughs> from the Quantum Leap. Uh, oh, the Quantum Leap Stephen King episode is pretty awesome too. I will say. Is that real? That's real. Oh, really? There's an yeah. I'll I'll tell you all about that later. Starring Dean Stockwell, there's the Langoliers. Episode, there's oh, an episode where he there's this whole like haunted house like episode situation. This whole de- demonic possession kind of thing. And um, there's a great twist at the end where you realize someone that's been involved, like in a very minor way, ends up actually being a very young Stephen King, and it gives him like the idea. Ah. It's really cool. It's you really gotta fun. get Bakula in a King property. Yeah, yeah, gotta get Scott Bakula in there. He's already in Lord of Illusions. He's already in the Clyde Barker series. Let's get him over. Oh yeah, love Bakula. Um, so get a tattoo. <laughs> Wait, what tattoo? What King tattoo would you get? Uh, I probably get like like a dead cooge like sprawled dead out like, all the way down my back That's dark as hell <laughs> no 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 if i was honestly like pus coming out of his eye um i've only got one tattoo but i i i've been thinking about getting more i think king wise i would love to get like the cotet symbol yeah or something like that like i don't know I where yeah um probably like on my neck really prominently Ooh, yeah <laughs> why don't you get it like right on your forehead too that'd be cool <laughs> right under my left eye uh, but King wise, yeah, that's tough. There's a lot of like, I think it's so like a, maybe like a really cool, like dead zone imagery That'd kind awesome, of thing yeah. or something, or like the, the wheel of fortune, like something yeah. like the real deep cut, I think, or like the, or like the, the, like a motel or not motel, but like a sign, the mellow tiger sign. Yeah. I like that. Something like that. You know? why, why don't you get uh, Victor Pascal? Yeah. I'll just get Pascal like all, all like on my thigh from the new uh, pet cemetery. No. Uh, I think I'm going to get needful things tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, not, I, and not even in the font. <laughs> I really want to get another tattoo. I've I haven't gotten one in God since what was it like 2011? Uh, it was probably my last time I got one. So I don't know. I really want another one, but I just can't think of what it is, and I can't commit to any king idea right now. Maybe I'd get his face tattooed on my big ass. Why don't you get oh, it like man. you know when Fred Durst has like Kirk uh, Cobain on his, uh, his chest? You could do that for Stephen King. For Steve, no, I already Stevie got and I already got forever. Jesus Christ tattooed there. Oh no, wow, I'm just kidding. that's a cool one. Um, so. Andrew Danner asks, is there a world from a King short story that you would like to see him expand upon in a full novel that he hasn't done already? I wouldn't want a full novel, but I 
do tend to revisit the world of the jaunt in my head yeah, all yeah. the time because it's just so interesting. That concept is awesome. Yeah. For me, it's the, is it the club? You were on that episode. Mm, yeah. yeah. I was just about to From say the breathing that. Method. That is what I, I We've talked about that, that in yeah. episodes too. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like how much we'd love. Cause the club is such an eerie place and I love the way that it's, it's described. Cool, and, and, uh, that to me is, is what I would love to see. Expanded I'd like, I'd like return to Ludlow at some point. Is that, but I, but I want a pet cemetery sequel. So what can I say? Yeah. yeah. I want L- older Ellie. And uh, uh, to meet with Charlie from Firestar. Yeah. And, and also it could have been Danny, but we didn't get that sequel. We got uh, Dr. Sleep. So <laughs> save Taylor, us, Mike Flanagan. Taylor Jean, uh, speaking to my heart, it's a bully rumble between Henry Bowers and Billy Hargrove from Stranger Things. In your educated opinion, who wins? Twist, winner fights Ace Merrill. Who takes the W in that matchup? Choose wisely. Uh, I got to say, um, Billy sort of revealed himself in Stranger Things 3 to have, you know, slight, slight bit of humanity. Henry Bowers, no such thing. So Henry Bowers wins because uh, he's pure fucking evil and uh, he also kills Ace Merrill. You think he kills Ace Merrill? Oh yeah. He's eviler than Ace Merrill. Ace Merrill has a gun though. Uh, but. Yeah, but Henry's small. Henry would be uh, he wouldn't fight fair. He's also got Pennywise on his side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pennywise is actually pulling the strings. What is there. what is uh, Ace Merrill got? Um, um, you know, his his crew from Stand By Me? It's not going to happen. His lame crew. Uh, last question. This is a good one. Tim Vargalish Chow, friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. Uh, if you were running a king-related gang and were worried one of your underlings was a narc, what king-related question would you ask them to make sure they were the real deal? Uh, for me, I think I might ask them, what is the name of... Um, the Billy Bumbler, uh, uh, that's part of the content. Because oh. I think that that's not something that a casual King fan would know. No. Unless they, like, stubbed their toe. And they're like, oi! Yeah, they're like, hold on, let me answer. Oi! Ah, damn it. It's like, did he get it or not? <laughs> I think you got to go by yeah, the you gotta words. Go, yeah. I, I would, you know, mine's so simple, but I think if you really know this answer, then you definitely uh, are a huge fan of King because it's something that you took with you and you know the difference. What's the room number in the original Shining? In yeah. The book? Hmm. Although, but you know that if you've seen them. Oh, in the book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone good. would go 237 yeah. if they didn't really know. And yeah. That's, you know. I always I always go back to The Shining as well with the axe versus the mallet. The, yeah, the mallet. Oh, yeah. That's a good yeah, one, too. That's a good one. For me, it's always mallet. like I've actually like considered this guy because like it's how I vet sort of. I vet like I'm like serious. No, it's you like. actually ask people these questions? In, in the past, <laughs> though. No, I have like had Stephen King conversations at parties and stuff like that. And I always know if they're sort of like a serious King fan, if they know a dark tower thing, like if they, and this was before the movie came out and everything. And before it was part of sort of the larger King conversation was when I was in college and stuff, if I was talking about King and this is how I alienated a lot of women. Um, just kidding. Uh, actually not. And so, but yeah, like basically be like, okay, so you know, the shining, you know, um, you know, you know the stand, but do you know who Roland Deshane is? And if they can talk to me about Shimi, Rhea, the coos, they can talk to me about Steve, to Shane, if they can talk to you about Martin Broadcloak and know who Martin Broadcloak actually is, then I know I found a match. What about, his... what about Mordred? Uh, I think Mordred hadn't become part of the series by that point because this was probably, a long time ago. That's probably a golden age right. of uh, being a Dark Tower fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's you know what? I, I actually asked them questions. I asked them a lot of strong questions about Song of Susanna. If they know anything about it, oh, I walk away. That's oh, good. boy. You know, you also, I guess if you're talking about Ray of the Coos, uh, you probably have to speak with low levels because I think it's a little uh, a little crazy with Ray of the Coos when you first meet her. 
What do you what? Things what are, is this bit? Things Which, are no, what she does. Um, things are checked and oh. things aren't good. Looks like you need you a little like lead- uh, preparation H. I thought you were like leading into another segment. No, no, <laughs> I know it sounded like that, didn't it? But no, I'm just saying. I'm like, we don't have any other segments. When I, whenever I think of Ray the Coos, I think of that the introduction to her, and I remember having to reread that section, going like, did he really just do that? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's so odd. I, I'm yeah, gonna, I remember. I'm gonna yeah. make this declaration now. I'm gonna throw this out there. If if they don't nail Ray of the Coos, I'm out on this series. There's no way it's going to be good. Big character. That's a hard one. What if it's like the witch in Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton? That could be a cool one. That's how I pictured I Ray of the Cruise. I barely remember that movie. Oh, well, it's a good Wait, one. Tim Burton, Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Starring Casper Van Dien? Yes. Can't, I love how you went right. <laughs> Wait, Casper <laughs> Van Dien's in that? That is such a Randall oh. like, like, like choice. <laughs> Casper Van Dien. I will, if you could name a Casper Van Dien movie in the last 10 years. Uh, Starship yeah. Troopers uh, Two? like five. He was in a horror movie that I saw probably about seven or eight years ago. He played a detective. A detective? It, yeah, it was about a woman who, oh God, I wish I remembered it. It was a ghost story. It was about a woman who had an apartment. It was like her apartment was haunted. Something was going on. And he was like the, and it was like older Casper Van Dien. Oh. And so he, well, he was a detective and I got really excited because for me, Casper Van Dien was like the ultimate like, C-list hunk. Like, this was a guy who, when I saw Starship Troopers, I'm like, this guy's it. He's the next, like, Brad Pitt. Well, he was supposed to be... uh, He is listed as being... In in Alita Battle Angel, yeah, I'm sure he is. He still works. I wonder if he. I wonder if he is. I don't know. It's huh. like uh, he was supposed to be Patrick Bateman in Rules of Attraction. No shit. Yeah, they reached out to uh, Christian Bale to reprise his role, and he said no, which I wish he didn't because I love Rules of Attraction. And there was because in the book, there's a scene where Sean, his brother, yeah. who's played by James Vanderbeek. He's has dinner with Patrick in the book. It's great, great book scene. And then actually Patrick has his own chapter in rules of attraction because rules of attraction was published before American psycho. Right. And because they couldn't get Christian Bale, they reached out to Casper and Van Dien. They shot the scene but oh. it, and it was supposed to be included in the DVD, but then they, I mean, they, they cut it in the movie. They just but, do a phone call between them. Yeah, man. I like that movie. Was I love it. it. Pact. Yes. The Two, pact. 2012. Yeah. See, wow. Oh, up there you up go. your nose with well, a rubber hose. Hey, you got a Casper Van fan over here. It's true. No, I remember we used to watch a lot of bad movies in college, and he we watched one called Python, or maybe it was Python. No, Python Two, and Python One is also good, but Python Two he's in, and I remember I was like really excited about that at the time. We should do a podcast where we like talk <laughs> about hey Casper Van Cast. Yeah, Casper. Really, wait, wait, Cast, Cast Van Dean. Cast Van Dean. I love Podcast it. Van Dean. He was just in, and I believe it was just a voice, maybe some mocap in Starship Troopers: Traitor of Mars, 2017. <laughs> But I'm looking at some of the images should, from this. It should just we've be got pod, to watch this podcast for Van Dien. If there's a if there's any movie that he's in that's that's a uh, Stephen King related, that could be our uh, Lobstrosities next Lobstrosities. Oh uh, yeah, Tarzan and the Lost City. <laughs> yeah, can we find any illusions there? I mean, hey, we got Page Master in the feed. Which, by the way, is back see, in it. I'm just going to see what pops up when I search Stephen King, Casper Van Dien. Yeah, anything? Uh, no. Uh, he was in a movie called The Curse of uh, King Tut's Tomb. <laughs> I don't think Stephen we're going to find King any Tut's Tomb. Bummer. 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 Uh, I, I would have loved it if he was in, like, Children of Corn 5 or something like that. Oh, man. That would have been awesome. Man. Well. Well, well, well. Maybe we can just do one anyways. <laughs> well, what do we... Yeah, let's just do a random... <laughs> See what, what out of his filmography? What one could we maybe get away with as a lobstrosity? Uh, let's go. Let's take a look. Because that's our next uh, episode is lobstrosity. Yeah, let me take a look here. Hmm. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Casper Van Dien is in Casper. 
Oh my god, is he? <laughs> Who is, is he? This, is this his bystander? You must have just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, they probably just like we gotta have this guy in the movie. His oh name's my Casper. god, <laughs> I love um, Casper. By the way. Uh, the, oh, he was Casper's in something great. called Rat Apocalypse in 2015. <laughs> hey, that's uh, you know, oh. graveyard that, shift. That might be even. Uh, yeah, shift. that's like that's like what uh, like the shitty version of Stephen King would have called Night Shift. Yeah. Rat Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, he's in something called Sleeping Beauty. He's in, and by that he oh, plays Sleeping King Beauties. David. So I think it's just Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. <laughs> he's, he's in something called Sleeping Beauty. Um, oh, he's in something called Patient Killer. I wonder like if he's like the a, one who he plays Jason Turner. Maybe he's maybe it's a uh, Captain Trips. Uh, he was on Mortal Kombat Legacy as uh, Johnny Cage. Oh, interesting. Oh. He's in Starship Troopers 3 Marauder, as in Marauder Gruber. Oh. Oh. Guys, I think we're seeing a lot of connections. That must be where it comes from. I'm a big Starship Troopers fan. Uh, he was in uh, three episodes of Monk as Lieutenant Stephen Albright. Oh, well. <laughs> the classic know, character. The, the classic character. But can we always work in that the Detective Albright? <laughs> we could. We could. Although I will say... Dracula 3000 sequel to Salem's Lot? Uh, wait, he was in Dracula 3000? He yeah. was. He was Van Helsing. Yes, it was. I think that's our connection. Uh, he was also in Skeleton Man, which is a TV movie. He played uh, He played Staff Sergeant Oberon, named after my favorite beer. What <laughs> is that your favorite well, beer? Is Going Back uh, is a sequel to Sometimes They Come Back? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why don't we leave it to the you know the constant listeners to choose which Casper Van Dien movie we or should we do? Or we can just say, would you rather us do? I think yeah. we should put this out. Okay, yeah. we can do a Stephen King movie for Lobstrosities, <laughs> or we can do a Casper Van Dien yeah. movie of your choosing. Of your choosing. Well, I don't know. That might open things up too much. <laughs> I think. I think we just say like, do you want us to do King, or can we take a little break and do Casper King Van Dien? or Casper? King or Casper, <laughs> which maybe can be a new a new segment. Of That's episode. a new. <laughs> and it. <laughs> Where we talk about whether the book was better than any any random Casper Van Dien movie that we picked that, that, that week. We have to watch that too, apparently. Or maybe if we watch, we watch a Casper Van Dien movie, and then we have to say what king it aligns with most. And we have yes. to like say, like what this. are the king elements? And I'm, what, really, I'm glad we have other people on this podcast yeah. <laughs> to do these episodes. Or what, or what, uh, like, what would King have changed in yeah. this Casper Van Dien movie? And then also discuss who Casper Van Dien would play in a king property. I like that. I like I uh, would love to see him show up on a King property, though. Look, any of these people, there's always room for you on a King property, whether it be TV, movies, whatever. Let, real quick, who do you think, who would you like him to be? Uh, Stu, Stu Redman. Clearly Stu Redman. <laughs> I, think, I think he would be a really good uh, Mark from Sam's what the fuck? Mark's a child. Uh, this is um, have you you know that Irishman's gonna change. I was things. just gonna I say think we're Irishman. gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see a digitally altered young oh Casper Van Dien as age Casper Van Dien as Mark Petrie in Salem's Lot. Well, if that's the, you heard it here first, folks. If that's the case, then I would like to see Casper Van. Uh, I would like to see Casper play Mark, but I'd also like to see Dan Caffrey play Ben Mears. <laughs> I'd also I'm like to see it. that strange sequel to Casper where Casper Vantine finally gets to be Casper. <laughs> hey, you know, who, you know who did get to play Casper? Uh, Devin, Devin Sawa. Hey, let's do a... Uh, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Let's, uh, let's, let's bring him in there. That's <laughs> Casper. We have a little Casper Casper Van Dien over here. Thank you. I'm glad this came at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so... If you're still with us. If you're still with us, Jesus. bless you for sitting through that. And also look forward to Casper Van Podcast, which is... Uh, or Podcast for Van Dien. I have, a, I have a fun fact right now. What? King's Dominion. 
<laughs> Guess who Casper's uh, first wife was? Uh, what, what her name is? Who? Her what? Carrie. Mitchum. Uh, oh my Carrie, God. As in Stephen King's Carrie. And so. Robert Mitchum's daughter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I will say before we're done here. Wait, he was also in something called Casper Meets Wendy as crew cut hunk. I'm not making that up. What the fuck? It was in is... 1998. But uh, that was a year after. That was like oh, the same year as like <laughs> Starship Troopers. It was. The, no, it was a year after Starship oh Troopers. Oh my God. What the hell was he doing? He went straight from that to the Omega Code, which is like a, b- a Bible movie. Uh, the Bible. Yeah, I remember uh, when it came out and like everyone in my school was just like, you guys should go see this Omega movie. It's cool. That could be a good monstrosities. It could be. Um, so I'm, I will say as we wrap up, I'm excited to explain to Justin <laughs> Casper Van podcast. Um, I'm going to send him a picture of this Casper we have here in the yeah. yeah, and then uh, just say say coming. Send him a photo and just say coming soon. Dot dot dot, and then be like, <laughs> just see what he says. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I think that Justin is going to be 100 percent on board with this. I think so too. I think it'll be uh, fun. so. As Mac takes the picture, I think it's time to bid adieu. Uh, this was fun. Bag of bones, always good time. Stay tuned next week for Lobstrosities with a twist. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, long, long days, days and, and pleasant, pleasant nights. nights. Consequence Podcast Network.